Hello and welcome to Grumpy Gamers. You're here with me, Pete, and along with me this week I have Ben. Hello. And Kirk. Hello. And we don't have Eddie because yes. apparently he's, he's too busy for us. For shame. I know, I know. Apparently just, I mean, you've got to have some commitment if you're going to be podcasting, guys. You don't see I, me I, taking this. Hang on, hang on. Says you, Pete. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, what? You, know, you know what, Pete? And I respect the man who comes out swinging like that, even though it's you. Um, <laughs> Eddie's off for one time in 60 weeks. And yeah, you're going in on the Because he's got too much actual work to do, yeah. Shit, it is one time in 60 weeks, isn't it? Yeah. No, he's been off once before. Me and you had to do one, didn't we, Ben? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So so actually, it's only me. It's, I'm the veteran who well, you, has never had a week off. You're also our editor, Ben. So if you have a week off, there's just no podcast. Like. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is. And that's why Kirk is here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Kirk, you're like a redundancy measure. That's what you are. Anyway. That sounds really bad. You know that. <laughs> Welcome to my presenting style. Anyway, to, uh, to get back on track after uh, noting Eddie's poor performance, we should probably talk about the fact that, as usual, we're going to take you through the news and the new releases. Although, to be fair, the news is slightly different this week. There's, yeah, there, there's a bit on what we've been playing and newsflash, it's pretty much the same for all of us. Um, and then our feature this week is a bit on Switch hidden gems, particularly the indie kind. And in order to do that, we actually had Adam from Switch Indie Fix alongside us. So really looking forward to that. It should be a fantastic feature for you all. So I think without further ado, really, we should uh, crack on with the news. But actually, there is one final further ado, isn't there? There is. There is. I was, just, is. I was just about to jump in there, Pete. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I thought you might be, but no. There is one. Yes. So next week, we will be doing our Game of the Year Awards, which will be coming to you on the 22nd of December. And if you want to actually know our nominees and check out the rationale behind them, you can see them on the Offshore Gaming website already. Uh, Offshore Gamescast website, sorry. I just automatically default to Offshore Gaming with them. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> they should yeah. change their name. Just for I think us. it's just like Offshore Fishing, Offshore Drilling. I just assume offshore it's Offshore guys, you've, you know. got, you've got to change your name. It's been yeah. established. <laughs> yeah. Come on, David Dylan, sort it out. Therefore, exactly. it's been established. You've got to change your name. Thank you. But yes, if you want to, uh, if you want to check out the nominees early, you can do so there. So now it is time to jump into the news. And yes. I think the first thing we should note before the main topic for, is the passing of Masayuki Uimura, um, who, for those who aren't aware, was the creator of the NES and the SNES and passed away on the 6th of December. So I just wanted to take a, a short moment to sort of give our condolences really there because that's a, a major influencer in the industry and Absolutely. he's gone from us. Yeah. yeah, and died died fairly young, I'd say. I think it was 78. So, it was indeed, yeah. Um, and such an influence on the industry. So Hugely yeah. so, hugely so. But I did like that one of the quotes they chose to focus on from him was that not too long ago he said that he thought he'd accomplished everything you could accomplish with console games. So I think we can take some solace in a life well lived at the very least there. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But the um, the main... The main thing we wanted to talk about this week, really, and I guess the main thing on everyone's um, minds at the moment, is the Game Awards, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> it, it came. Did any of you two? It? Did any of you two stay up to watch it? God no. No, Kirk, you were the only one <laughs> yeah. in the UK yeah, staying like a up from fucking one idiot. One a.m. till four. I fell asleep. I fell asleep twenty minutes before the end. I couldn't. I couldn't stay awake anymore. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised, mate. That's literally pulling an all-nighter for something that was live in LA nighttime. Like, I, the thing about this was, I messaged Kirk and I said, "You know what? I might, I might 
stay up for the game awards and he was like nah nah i'm gonna watch it in the morning. there's no point there's no point doing that i'm gonna watch it in the morning mate and i was like no good point good point i'm gonna go to sleep then i got a message like fucking one in the morning i'm staying up for it <laughs> you, you made a wise choice there kirk that's what i like i fucking did not uh, so what 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 were well i i've got to say what what was there i know what was there but do you want to lead us on because well this was it i thought we'd just take a moment to highlight some of the the major winners but mm. i don't know about you two but for me the main event with this always ends up being the reveals so i think that's probably where we'll end up doing most of the talking don't you yeah that, yeah, fair that is yeah. the that is the controversial thing about whether this should be viewed as a game awards Mm. or a mini three yeah yeah so, precisely yeah. but to focus on the actual awards for a second we should probably mention that Deathloop did win something it actually won a couple of things but the main one being best game direction which mm-hmm. i mean it was nominated for like nine categories and i don't it think had a we, lot yeah i don't think we wanted it to win any of them but it did win a few so did it win two or three i think I, it was two i think, I think it, it might two. have mm. yeah t- it's it was but at least two. It was but. at least two. But best game direction is always a big one to win. Um, Returnal won best action game, Ben. You must be very pleased. Well, yeah, they were happy as well. Something. Yeah. They, they, were, they were stoked over that. <laughs> I mean, as they should be. It does Everything I've seen about it looks like a great game. So good to see it get some reward. Um, best action and adventure game went to Metroid Dread. Again, Ben, you must have been really chuffed. Yeah. Well, I think it got recognition, which was which was really you good did, to see. Yeah, but back when we spoke about it, what uh, a week week or two ago, you you were convinced that it probably wouldn't. Yeah. Yes, I know because I, I think it's a prime candidate for one to get overlooked. You know, two point five D Nintendo game, obscure kind of franchise. It's a marquee franchise, but it's also obscure in the same breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I could see it being overlooked, but it wasn't. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And another of our predictions actually came true because I think we did end up settling on Tales of Arise for best RPG. Yes. And it mm-hmm. got it. We did. We did. did. It beat out the mighty cyberpunk, didn't it? It did. I still disagree oh, with that, but I understand I do, it. I do, guys, I've got big news. I've mm. got big news. Oh, shit. IGN Japan have given cyberpunk game of the year. What? There we go. As they should. Holy shit. There we go. As there we go. More respect for cyberpunk. You've heard it here first, unless you heard it somewhere else first. You, what, you like, heard I, it like here, IGN Japan? Yeah, you heard yeah. it here at best <laughs> second. Um, <laughs> possibly far, far far later down the queue than that. But at best second. Um, yes. Yeah. Moving on from that, the other prediction we probably got right, or at least I did, was Kenner Bridge of Spirits winning yeah, the best no, indie. We definitely, yeah, yeah I, I, I agreed with that one. That was a fantastic looking game as well. It's, it yeah. deserves it. it. it it looks triple A. Like that's that's the that's the best thing about it's the best thing about that game. Mm-hmm. I've played it, I've completed it, and I can tell you the best thing about it is just how it looks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's um, not a bad game, it's not cut, but come on, I just very yeah. left handed compliment, Ben, but I, uh, I approve yeah, I of that in general, so it's okay. Um in terms of games for impact, Life is Strange True Colours took the uh, took the crown there. Ugh. Yeah, can understand that. Yeah. I know Kirk I know Kirk turns his nose up at Life is Strange, Ugh. but I can understand that. Yeah, I bet you can. I mean, I turn my nose up at it as well. But, you know, games <laughs> games for impact a bit of a nothing category. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> In I, terms I of... Here especially because it's an important category. But yes, no, and, sorry, and I, phrased it, I phrased what? it that way to take away from that attempt, Ben. Anyway, <laughs> the actual on, game of the year, though, amongst everything, was It Takes Two. Yeah, I think it deserves it. Not even completed it yet, but I think it deserves it. Um, I, I think it, I, it was wonderful to see. I I, gen, I actually fist bump 
fist pumped in the air. Did like, you? I, wow. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I, you're not I just cheered. saying that because you're on a podcast. You're, you actually no, did no, that. no. I was I was on my exercise bike and I <laughs> I, I fist pumped and I cheered. Also, I, I thought it was amazing. I love that guy, like Joseph Ferris. That's his name, isn't it? Ferris. Ferris. Uh, he, he he's he's like he's synonymous with the game game awards. And actually, one of the reasons why the game awards is as big as it is is because a couple of years ago he went off and said fuck the Oscars and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and made, I remember major that. headlines yeah. and. And he's just a cool guy, and it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, mm. great. It was great to see that it branched out, and it wasn't... I didn't want it to go to Deathloop, and my fear was that it was going to go to Deathloop. Yeah. You, I think you haven't, that was you haven't played it yet, have you? No, yeah. I haven't, Kirk, and it is on, it's on my to-do list for this week, because we were going to have a go we, we on should, it. We should, I also do it. Thought, we should do it together. I think we should do it together. Yeah, yeah it does take two, guys. I mean. It does. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was thinking about doing it with my girlfriend, so I just didn't oh, know... I didn't know hell. what to. I didn't know what to do, Kirk. I was like, caught between you tell two her, lines. You sideline her, okay? Because that's I, harsh. No, no, just, just, just for a little bit. It's fine. She'll understand. You're doing just this for a little Kirky time. Yeah, just for a little, for a little Kirky, Kirky time. time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is taking a weird direction. So, uh, okay. Before, um, yeah, before, before this goes any further, yes, it takes two one game of the year. But shall we? Um, shall we move on to the main purpose of Let's the go. game awards? Well, <laughs> yes, no, I like what you did there, Pete. Um, mm. Yes, so there are obviously reveals, there are trailers at the Game Awards. I'm going to run through a couple of the, of the kind of highlights in my mind, but if we want to point out any of the ones that spoke to you guys, then then go ahead. But the first thing they showed was Hellblade 2. Mm. Um, Incredible. On, yeah, on the Xbox. It's coming to Game Pass Day 1, obviously. It looks awesome. I have played a bit the first one, but I do want to actually go back and, and do the first one. I know it's only about seven eight hours long mm. and so it's it's worth it and that's a games for impact game yeah. um and this looked awesome didn't it and when if you catch the trailer on youtube afterwards in proper 4k yes yeah looks proper next gen yeah, yeah. i recommend that to everyone and do you know what first up just um when i was uh watching it i did think to myself that is this really in-game, in-engine in working right now? Because the way that the camera is panning around, I couldn't couldn't really get it. But then there were subtle uh, kind of animations with the character model as it's kind of locked into place after the camera's sweeping around. And you can tell that the, the, the player's taking control again. And I was like, mm. oh shit, this looks... Yeah, it must be running in real time and this looks fucking incredible. It, so It's like that mixture between cutscene into controlled gameplay yeah yeah um it's very scenery controlled gameplay which allows it to look it's they can control the lighting better they can they can make it look better but not taking anything away this looks full next gen they're going to make ninja theory are are doing things with this game Mm -hmm. on how it looks like i can't wait yeah yeah yeah, so that was the first one. Um, next one, there was, wasn't really much shown on this one, but I have got something interesting about it. Uh, Wonder Woman was kind of uh, teased, I'd mm-hmm. say. Nothing more than the Wolverine-type trailer that we saw of recent times. But the main thing about this one, in the press release about it, uh, they have talked about the trademarked uh, Nemesis yeah. system. Yeah, they did. Coming back to this game. So, What's the Nemesis if, system? So yeah, the, the, if you don't know, that's um, from, you know, the Lord of the Rings games, the Shadow Mordor and the, those games? Yeah. Uh, where it's uh, it's like when somebody kills you in the game, then you have like this ongoing, they level up ah, and they right, get rank okay. up and they, then you've got this un- ongoing nemesis in the world and that okay. kind of thing. So, uh, and uh, Warner Brothers trademarked that recently. 
So yeah. and it was thought that they might get shelved and put in a put in a vault somewhere, but no, it's coming out for this game. Is so. that like Gary from Poke from the original Pokemon game? No, no, no. It's much. I mean, it's much more developed than that, Kirk. So it's okay. like <laughs> if you defeat an enemy but don't kill them, they can come back with like one limb gone and much, oh, right, much okay. angrier. It's all this sort of stuff. It all it just builds rivalries over time, but it has it's real like a, effects. It's like a create your own story within the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's, a, that's, that's a brilliant really cool. addition. Strange that it'll be in Wonder Woman, but a brilliant addition. Yeah, so it mm. is. Um, Sonic Frontiers, open world Sonic game, mm. looked very Breath of the Wild slash, uh, slash Shadow of Colossus. Yes. So still don't know what to make of these 3D Sonic games. To be honest with you, I've not played a decent one. I just don't have the drive to. It weirds you know, me I think out. they've all been a bit gash, but um, mm. I think it's time that it does something good. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we we shall see. Um, Forspoken got another another look at that. Mm. Uh, looks brilliant, but uh, massive pushback because a price tag of sixty to seventy pounds was shown on Steam after it. So, yeah. which so the PlayStation pricing system is starting to bleed into the Steam environment now. The thing is, it is a PlayStation game. It so better bleed yes, out again yeah. quickly. Get it, get it under fifty quid or do one. Thing is that that game that game looks really good. I'm gonna get it, but it is the kind of thing that if you waited three weeks, you probably will see a massive reduction in price because that's just what happens. Exactly. Um, So, so we'll we'll see we'll see on that one. But looks excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one, the next one I've got here, next two actually, Pete. I think these will be right up your street. So there's a four X game. There's a June four four X game coming out. Mm. Yeah, Spice Wars. Um, Spice Wars, yeah. Which, I mean, it does sound a little bit like a sequel to a Spice Girls album, but <laughs> it obviously makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, the problem is these trailers don't tell you anything, but I think it's going to be interesting. I um, was worried when I saw the trailer that it might be a mobile game, and I thought you might mm, be furious. I would have been. But I but I don't think it is. No, it doesn't look like one no. so far. Um, so, yeah. so June, getting a game, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the the next one I imagine you're going to talk about is also linked to another IP um, in the Absolutely. sci-fi space that's, yeah, that's yes. excellent. So, so that's a good sign. This is the, well, this was in the pre-show. They mm. talked about a Telltale yeah. Expanse game. They did indeed, with Drummer as the main character, which yeah. looks, um, looks really cool. Um, I mean, I'm hesitant with Telltale games, but let's, let's see what goes on with that. Well... On the theme of Telltale games, I know we're wrestling through these, but um, <laughs> st- the new Star Wars Eclipse game was revealed. Now, let me just talk a bit on this trailer. Mm. It looked fantastic. Like, yeah. the trailer looked brilliant. It looked almost film quality, Yeah, I thought. Um, it didn't really tell us anything. Now, the important thing is it's made by Quantic Dream. Mm. Now, that's David Cage's company. I, for my sins, like David Cage games, but they made the likes of Detroit. Yeah. And they make very good-looking, controlled walking simulator games. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether this Star Wars game is also of the same vein, and that's why it looks so spectacular. It could very well be. walking sim game. But this is the thing, and it's true of all three of the ones we just mentioned there, but actually everything we've said, they don't really tell you anything. No. They look awesome, but I know nothing about them. It's hard to get excited when you know nothing. And that yeah. was a running theme, I thought, in this, mm. uh, that there wasn't a lot of awesome gameplay being shown, was there? No. And by uh, a lot, we mean basically nothing. Basically none. Except yeah. for the next game, we have mm. uh, in the, also the pre-show, uh, Have a Nice Death. 
Mm-hmm. It was a lovely hand-drawn roguelike game. Interesting story. Remind me very much of uh, of Death's Door, kind of that setup. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the corporate setup of Death and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's coming out in March. I think this was great. I think really, really lovely, didn't yeah. it? It's kind of got that Hollow Knight meets Death's Door kind of feel. I yeah. Art direction I, looks fantastic, and mm. you know, I'm not I'm not one for roguelikes like a. Um, like I've spoken spoken about with Hades before and stuff, but this could this could be my 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 second coming <laughs> for him. So yeah, if it's on Switch, which I suspect it must be, because it's it it looks like it'd be made for it. I yeah. I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, they showed Lost Ark, the next Amazon game, which is coming out, which confuses me a little bit because you know the Amazon game that's out right now, New World, New World. Mm. Aren't they just and Lost Ark is also like an MMORPG, right? Yeah. Aren't they kind of cannibalizing their own audience? Quite possibly. Or they're just trying to fill every minute of your time because you take a break from one by playing the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure people that are fully into these games take a break from no, that game, though. No, you don't at any moment. It's it's so, your life. So, so yeah. I don't really. That that seems like it's set to cannibalize its own audience, but <laughs> yeah. we we shall see. Um, another big announcement was Alan Wake Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've said that that's going to be a survival horror game rather than an action game so it's good for Alan Wake to come back I think it's been about 10 years Has since been. the first one they also did the remaster this year it so did. that kind of makes sense as well yeah. um, I think early in the show they showed new f- new. it wasn't gameplay was it it was a trailer for the Gollum game yeah that we already knew about yeah um, but that <laughs> that looks that looks good. I'm saying we already know about it because a lot of these games, I'm looking at this list again. It's only Wonder Woman, oh, June and, and The Expanse, where we haven't really heard of these games before. Mm. Not not many, well, not many Ecl- massive Eclipse. reveals. Eclipse was... We knew we knew Quantic Dream were making a Star Wars That game. is true. We did know that. Yeah, fair so, point. We did know about it. Yeah, we just didn't know the name or anything else. Yeah. Good point. And we still don't really accept the name. Um, no, no, yeah. we don't. Uh, but this Gollum, <laughs> the Gollum thing, it looked really cool. Like, it's mm. definitely one that I'll get involved in. It, it would be good to actually have another Lord of the Rings game because I never really got into the shadow of uh, Mordor kind of games. Because I, I was done with that kind of action Lord of the Rings stuff. But yeah. this type of thing looks a bit cooler. A bit more almost Plague Tale in terms of the uh, sneakiness and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, interesting that. Uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Excited for this. Uh, it's made by Rocksteady, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So, it certainly is. I was um, I was hyped after the trailer that they showed a few weeks ago for it because they sold it really well on that. And given their um, track record with the Arkham games, I'm, I'm all in. They've built up a bank of, of credibility and... And worth for, with their with their gamers now. So yes, this would be a huge misstep if they end up fucking it up, which is unlikely. But they showed actual gameplay footage of it now, and it looks did, like it yeah. could be a lot of fun. Um, do Do you think? I mean, I know this is unrelated and whatever, but I I kind of think of it similarly. Do you think this will benefit from the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy was a good game? Yeah, I think um, it probably I think it probably would actually. It kind of has that vibe to it in my eyes. Yes, um, yes. just a ragtag selection of. Well, this is anti-heroes uh, because it's the Suicide Squad, but you know it's, it's got uh, great music in the background, uh, quirks, and sorry, everyone's got quirks. There's the humor between them all. It's kind of a similar thing, just in a different world. So yeah, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy kind of said this type of game does work. Yeah, mm, so yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. but obviously completely different developers. One that failed miserably with the Avengers, and one that hasn't failed with Batman. So, sure. it, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But it absolutely, um, we had a Plague Tale Requiem, the new Plague Tale game. Again, shown looks great. I yep. think everyone's kind of sold on that. If you like a Plague Tale, uh, and it's coming to Game Pass Day One, so you cannot go wrong. Um, Dying Light Two due to come out in February now. I think uh, never. Another trailer for that looks phenomenal. Mm. Um, yep, so all into that. Uh, the the one that I really did like, actually, really did like the look of this game, where I actually had an oh wow, which is very rare uh, on this show. Yeah. Um, Crossfire X. I think that shooter looks really, really good. Um, I thought the trailer looked excellent. So if you're into your shooters, check that one out, because I think that could be a little, little sleeper hit. We hadn't heard... It kind of died. There was a bit of hype around it. It kind of died, and I think it's back in a big way. So mm. looking forward to that one. Um, and then we saw the Halo TV series. Yeah. yeah. Weird. I don't know how we're going to watch that in the UK, because I think it's on Paramount. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, they always so I, have a deal with someone, but I can never remember who. I'll find, I'll find the details and I'll let you know when I find You'll out. You'll find the deets. Yeah, All right, good. Yeah. Um, we had Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. Pete. Yeah, yeah, this was um, this was one that I think was a reveal. At least it was a reveal to me, because um, I mean the original was a while ago, but it looked it looked really good. Again, it's just a CGI trailer, um, but it looked interesting and it looks like it's carrying on from the first one. So that should be a really good game for any of the actual fans there. Yeah, yeah, mm. I saw that. I thought that looked quite good. Mm-hmm. Um. Next one on the list, Homeworld 3. I think I remember looking at this and going, wow, that looks really cool, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, amusingly, it's the fifth one in the series, um, despite being called Homeworld 3. Yeah, I think there was one called Apocalypse. Like, the first one was, like, in the 1990s. And then there's another one that's, like, Cataclysm or Apocalypse or something like that. Then Homeworld 2, and then Deserts of Karak, which was the last one. Uh, And then there's this. So it wasn't quite an announcement, but it was the first time I've seen much on it. So that again it was cool really as hell, though, didn't oh, it? It looks great, and it's a really good series of games. So if it lives up to that, it's going to be really good. Nice one. Mm. Um, the last one on my list here, we got to see Nightingale, didn't we? We did, we did. Which mm. I don't know about you guys, but I thought the faces looked a bit weird in the trailer. But um, mm. otherwise, I think it looks really fun. I mean, it's a sort of a horror survival building game by the one of the creators of Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Like, yeah. There's some Pedigree. potential there. Pedigree. Yeah. There's yeah. some serious potential there. And the monsters did look great. So yeah. that should be... It could very well be a really good game. Yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've, we've probably missed a few out of this, but there's just so many yeah. trailers and everything. And But they were there, there are kind of picks of one to shout about. Now, I think Pete has touched on this and it's important because is this a mini E3? Is it an award ceremony? Do we think the Game Awards worked as a format this year? I mean, I personally was not keen on the uh, on the format of it. It was very advert-driven and Amazon, they've got their bloody claws in everything at the moment, haven't they? Amazon Gaming mm. here, there and everywhere on that bloody show and I, the pacing of it was so strange as well. It didn't feel like an award show. It was like the awards were like second to everything so, else that they were trying to sell. So you make a fair point, but to me, it didn't feel like an award show. It felt like a company summer party. 
or end of year party. And yeah. it feels like Jeff Keighley is trying to be our CEO. And that kind of winds me up, if I'm honest. He, um, he wants he wants the, this to be the biggest thing in gaming, doesn't he? He does. And he wants to be right in the middle of it. And I just find him vaguely annoying. So, I mean, maybe I'm not the target demographic really there. But it does. it comes across like an end of year party with a company. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I would like to see them do is build more, put more gravitas on the game of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I don't mind the way they do. I can understand this needs to make money. I can also understand that I honestly believe 90% of the audience thinks this is a good or bad show, depending on whether they've got reveals of games where they're really excited or not about them. Yeah. I reckon I reckon that's how when people go, oh, no, the Game Awards is rubbish or it's pathetic or, you know, it's not doing this, not doing that. I think it's just where, you know, this year wasn't incredible for game reveals, in my opinion. And I reckon mm. that people people don't look as favorably on it because of that. But I would like them to do a bit more around the game of the year. The fact that um, Take Two, it takes two, one. Yeah. And then the guy gets thirty seconds on stage, and it's then not it's a over. lot, is it? And and also, I really would like. Um, this was mentioned on another podcast on the Spawncast, so I'm stealing this idea. But I would really like it. It was mentioned there, like if throughout the evening, this is a long evening. It's a three and a half hour show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If they just went through the six nominees. And they did like a five-minute segment on each of the games, like maybe the trouble that happened in the development and like a story for how it got to where it got to and like it, it, like building up some suspense. Because like, if you saw that on It Takes Two, yeah. you might have some affinity with that game yeah. and you might be like, yeah, you know what? I want that game to fucking win. Or you'd see Metroid Dread up there and they, they'd tell you the story about the development and the trials and tribulations and, mm. and that they were so happy with the review, all this kind of stuff. And you go, you know what? Nintendo, they ain't so bad. Yeah. And you know that, that type <laughs> of thing. And, and it just builds it up. And it, it really goes, oh, now we're going to mention the game of the year. Whereas what happens is the final trailer comes out, which I think they talked about the Matrix tech demo for yeah, the Unreal did, 5. And everyone was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll download that. Oh, game of the year. All oh, right, it takes two. Cool, man. Nice yeah. One. yeah. It's over. It's just done. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, this is the difficulty, though, is because obviously, by the nature of the industry, the thing you're most interested in is the next game, not the one that's just been. That next so, hit. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. and like, say, I mean, say you played one of these games back in June and really liked it. Are you still hanging on your edge of your seat for it winning at the Game Awards well, in December? Pete, Pete, perfect example of that. Mm. Um, we didn't mention it, but the whatever it's called, the category, the People's Choice category. Mm. Guess what won that? Oh, what did win well, that? I've forgotten. Oh, Halo shit. Infinite. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> and you know, and you Recency. know what? The campaign came out the day before. Yes. You know, people were just voting. This is the and it's. But what, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's a perfect microcosm of the mentality of us as consumers mm. and the next big thing, the recency bias, everything you talk about, Pete, yeah. like that. And, and, and the show is, the show is a representation of that. And I'm not saying for good or for bad. I did. I, I, I liked the show because I like people talking about yeah. games. True. <laughs> so, True. I, so I enjoyed it, but I get what everyone's saying about it. Yeah. And this is the thing is, I've, I really enjoyed the trailers, but 
my God, does it annoy me when it's actually live. I'm so glad I didn't stay up for it. Well done, Kirk. <laughs> well, I'm just happy I fell asleep before it finished. That's how fucking... It didn't... It wasn't... The thing is, I would stay up if it was engaging, and it was not engaging enough for me to stay up for. It was only two yeah. and a half hours of engagement, not three and a half. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. Yeah, but also it was one o'clock in the morning at that time. Okay, I'm used to going to bed at 10 these days. Yes, yes. A sad indictment of our age at this point exactly. in life. But yeah, uh, but any, anyway, anyway, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the Game Awards. Just like E3, it's always a bit disappointing. But I think so. I think you're right, Pete. Do you get some good stuff out of it? So... With that, shall we move on to the new releases? Go yeah, on. I don't think it's a cracking week for new releases. This is usually Eddie's section, so I'm out of practice on this. But let's uh, <laughs> let's go through. So the first game we've got Among Us uh, on the 14th of December. It's basically coming to all other platforms, so mm-hmm. Xbox, PS, uh, PS, fours and fives, etc. Um, Can't wait to not play I- that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's also a v- there's a VR Among Us coming as well. Oh I think that was announced God. at the game. Yes, Awards, there is. Anyway, um, I liked the look of this next one, so I kept it in. This is why Eddie should be doing this. Um, <laughs> Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rescue on PC, 14th of December. It's an indie 2D side-scrolling action game where you're a firefighter. Are you a fire girl? You're, you're a female. Probably, yeah, well, it looks like a girl firefighter. I mean, you got you must be female, and the fucking title's got it in there. No, so. no, I wasn't debating that, Kirk. I was debating whether it was a woman or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think it was probably a girl, but lo- I love the art style. I thought it looked fucking brilliant. <laughs> I really like the look of this game. Okay. I mean, hack and splash, I do enjoy, but <laughs> yeah, it's um, otherwise not one I'm likely to pick up, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get that, but I like the look of it. Check it out, Fire Girl. Um, this one was intriguing. The next game, Kingdoms of Amalar, Re Reckoning, Fate Sworn DLC, coming to PC, PlayStation Four, and Xbox, fourteenth of December. This was a PlayStation Plus game two months ago. It adds a six-hour campaign to the game. The game originally came out ten years ago. Yeah, sure. it did. I don't know what. Anyway, there's DLC. I mean, it's a strange one, but I am a big fan of DLC that are essentially a new game. Um, look at things like Witcher 3 for the obvious ones with like Blood and Wine. Like, I am a big fan of that self-contained sort of additional game through a DLC. But it is a strange know, one. They've picked one that's 10 years old. I thought this game was dead, but... Mm, apparently not. It's, it's well, re-reckoning uh, then. Something, something similar happened <laughs> with um, Cuphead as well, didn't it? That came out a few years ago and they're bringing out some new DLC for it uh, June next year. They are, oh, yeah. It's literally it. I'm called not fucking DLC, ten years ago, Kurt. This no, this game came out. No, 10 no, 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 years no. Ago. I know, no. I get, I get that. And obviously, this is this is obviously on a much larger scale to that. But it's it, it can happen. It does happen. It's not. Yeah, but un- Cuphead uh, came out like two years ago or something. I think it was three years ago. But sure, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pre pandemic. Not similar at all. Hmm. Right. Anyway, <laughs> one hand clapping. PS4, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. It's what have I written here? Shit, One it came hand out four clapping. years ago. Sorry, <laughs> ancient. There you go. They're print eight, four and ten. They're the same. You know, they are. Yeah. They they're are. exactly yeah. the same. They're exactly the same. <laughs> Thank you. I, I One hand, sorry. One hand clap. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Kurt, that they were the same thing. But whatever. Um, this game, one hand clapping. Uh, it comes out the fourteenth of December. I've written. Well, I've copied and pasted. One hand clapping is a vocal two D platformer. Solves puzzles by no. Solve puzzles by singing. Or humming into your microphone. I think I will fucking pass on that. 
The yeah. reason I put this in, the reason I kept it in, is because it sounds innovative. If that sounds like your type of thing, it sounds innovative. No, it just sounds like like a, a shit platformy version of like Guitar Hero or something, or Rock Band, where you could sing in that. Yes, innovation, Kirk. It's not innovation because what, what really did that do? I don't, I don't care. Kirk, Kirk next- you can't judge games. You put Forza in your game of the year selections. Anyway, anyway, yeah, next one, Ben. I'm going to look forward you. to that next week. <laughs> look forward to that more of that this week. Um, Rogue Invader coming to PC 15th of December. In in Rogue Invader, you are the invader attacking the alien horde. I've copied and pasted this as well. In this <laughs> genre flipping roguelike shooter. Okay. Uh, okay. Gameplay resembles one bit black and white old school games with modern touches and HD graphics. One bit? I, no, it doesn't. I mean, I've copied, I've literally copied and pasted it from the developers. So, what do you want, Kurt? But um, <laughs> retro retro fans might love it. I put that's why it's in there. It's on PC. Rogue Rogue Invader. Check it out. Um, then I think we're moving on to the two big games of the week. So the first one is. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Be- Breach, uh, PC, PS5, and PS4, 16th of December. You said you were going to so give us a go, is... didn't you? Uh, uh, no, because it's not going to be free, so I am not <laughs> going to. Um, but, well, we all know that you like to buy stuff, so... Mm, yeah. I bought Chorus the other day. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's, yeah. His, that's his buy for now. That's, that's oh, my yeah. buy. Yeah, spent, spent enough, okay. Yeah, that's, that's me done for the month. Um... <laughs> So this was PlayStation's big December release, I think. You know, they plugged it a lot in their in their state plays all that kind of stuff. It's a action game Friday night, uh, Friday fr- five, whatever. Five nights at Freddy's. Five nights at there Freddy's. There we go. Security. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's an action game as opposed to the other ones, which I think Point and Click made their well, famously Point and Click. Well, but I mean, this is an action game. Action game seems a, a very brief. A very short way of saying it. They're normally described as family-friendly horror games. <laughs> and point and click. Are they? Yeah. Are they actually? Yeah, that's how. That's the like tagline they go with is the family-friendly horror game. Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it does look pretty good. But I'm just waiting to see what price it comes up at. I think it does look pretty oh, good. Wait, but wait for it to come to Game Pass because the other I th- the other five I th- did. <laughs> I think the Metacritic for this, my prediction on this, is high sixties. Ooh, that's. Quite low. Doesn't mean terrible. Doesn't mean no, terrible. But less than I'd have expected for five nights. But fair that's enough. my that's my prediction. Um, the next one. Now this one, the gunk. Uh, PC, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox is coming to Game Pass day one, sixteenth of December. This has had it kind of had a lot of press, a lot of hype, and then it kind of went silent for a bit, and now it's back. So mm. with a release, um, I think it's supposed to be quite good. Bear in mind that it's from the creators of SteamWorld, the SteamWorld games. So that is big pedigree, but this is on a completely different scale. Um, those were famously kind of like 2D games, very different in nature, each one of them. Yeah. But uh, one was a card game, one was the SteamWorld Dig or whatever as well. And then the one where you're a gun, gun kind of turn-based strategy one. Um, yeah. It's a sing- this one's a single player adventure game set on an alien planet and you're some kind of space hauler. It's not realistic, but it looks kind of like Journey to the Savage Planet graphically. Yeah. I'm interested to see how this reviews. 
So it's coming to Game Pass 16th of December. I might but. just give it a go, to be honest with you. I, I'm not too keen on the name of it. I think I think the name's fucking awful. But the, Same. the game, it, it could be fun. And as I, as it's free, um, I can give it a go and not have to worry about it. So Yeah, I, I, I completely agree on all counts. I'll probably give it a go. But uh, Game Pass, baby. Um, <laughs> next one and last one for the week. 16th of December, Trash Sailors PC. Now, this, I'm glad, because this would have been at risk of being cut by Eddie, but no. Alas, no, we're talking about it. Trash Sailors uh, is a hand-drawn sailing simulator simulator mm. uh, with co-op up to four players. Create the trashiest sailing team in history, fight with monsters, and trash your friendship. That sounds like something Eddie would keep in, because he's the kind of trash bag that we uh, we have in our lives just trash for that very reason. Bag. Yeah. Well, well, you're very bold talking about Eddie like that when he's not here, Kirk. I was was at his his place last week and, I mean, he didn't do shit to me then, so he can't do shit to me now. So, I don't know where I'm going with it. Look, I don't, I'm not, I'm not 100% keen. I don't, I'm I'm quite, uh, I enjoy kind of new, bold kind of directions with art direction on games, but this looks crap. Don't lash out at the game, Kirk, just because you had a go at Eddie. Yeah, don't try and pass it off in a different direction. Just yeah, don't just that. don't deflect. Yeah, just this count game it, looks great. Count it as warm up for next week. I mean, great is a strong word. It looks mm. interesting for sure. Um, yeah, I like the I like the uh, art style as well. Uh, this Sorry, is what did I, you, this did is you think I said? I mean. Did you think I said it looked great? No, no, no okay, no, I good. said it looked great. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, Kirk, you trashed yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's trash. It looks like trash. It's, trash. it's not. It doesn't it's look trash. trash. That's a lie. No, it's trash. I mean, I think the actual gameplay is probably trash, but I like the art style. So, you know. Okay, <laughs> okay guys, check it out. Trash Sailors PC, 16th of December. Keep throwing simulators in there, Ben. Keep trying. It's not going to save you next week it, when you put it, simulators into Game of the Year. It's a sailing simulator. What do you want? Go on, up to four players. Man. Keep trying. Anyway, what we've been playing. That's <laughs> yeah. next. There we go. On to what we've been playing. And sadly, I have to pass straight back to you again, Ben. So. <laughs> oh God, I just can't catch a break with this, can I? <laughs> right. Um, this week, uh, the primary game I've been playing is Halo Infinite, but mm. we're going to talk about that next, the campaign. Yeah. Um, but I have played a lot of Century Age of Ashes, which came out uh, the 2nd of December, I think. Um, I have reviewed this. This is on our YouTube channel. So mm. Grumpy Gamers Podcast, the YouTube channel. Uh, go check it out if you want to see the gameplay and all that kind of jazz. But this is a multiplayer only dragon fighting aerial combat game. Yeah. It's currently only on PC, but it is coming to consoles and also mobile in 2022. I have fucking no idea how that's going to work on mobile because this yeah. game looks stunning. This, this game looks fantastic on PC. Yeah. Um, I saw your I saw your review, mate, and it did. You know the gameplay footage that you've recorded. It does look. It looks. It looks pretty impressive. Oh man, it controls so well. Like, what's brilliant about this? Like, you probably played aerial combat games, like, uh, like air combat or what well, games in space where you're yeah. flying about and stuff. The the one thing that I will say about it, one because you're a dragon, which is fucking wicked. You feel like Daenerys Targaryen. Um, <laughs> it, it controls so well and also for any bumps and all that kind of stuff you're on a dragon so it makes sense yeah. 
Mm. Um, but some of the movements that you make with it and, and the way you swoop through the air down below and some of the maneuvers that you make, it, it, you're like, shit, that was cool. Like how you moved there, how you got away, how you, um, did, yeah, how you evaded things. Like it, it was so good. The crucial thing about why I think this feels so good. And I didn't say this in the video. I've only realized afterwards is because of the landscapes, you're around castles and caverns and stuff like that. You can see the ground. Mm. So therefore you always, always know what's up and what's down. Like that's the problem I have with space combat a lot of the time. Yeah. That's fair. That you just get shot from different angles. But did, um, this... did the, did the, the dragons feel, um, like weighty, like in comparison to the control? They, so like if you just tilt, brilliant. You, yeah, yeah. So you like, you tilt it just a little bit and you get like a yes. minor hit. But if you just, if you put it on full lock, it will take yes. a while to get there. But you kind of, yeah. Get, yeah. And you can pull back on there and you can speed up like it's, it's uh the controls are really really tight and i think it would really fall down if they weren't tight yeah. so on the actual gameplay i'll talk about the game modes and all that kind of stuff and the team based combat in a second but the actual controls really the, without that being as tight as it is you wouldn't look at this game um we saw this game in trailers i think maybe at e3 and we thought wow this looked amazing at the time i, I forgot to say this at the start this is free to play this oh, is well. free to play. Century Age of Ashes is free to play on Steam. You can just download it. And the fact that it's free to play is just even more mind blowing because mm. this game has so much polish for what it is. Um, you can, like, your main attacks on your dragon are like blasting. Um, once it's like locked on, you can breathe fire and you have special abilities. There are different classes that you can be. There's only three at the moment. There's like a standard class, there's a, like more of a power class and there's a healer class and they all have different specials. And what's, what's brilliant about when you're playing this and you're playing against other people, there is a, there is basically an even spread about what people are using. Yeah. So that, that suggests there is balance to the game already. Mm. Um, there are more classes coming to the game as well. You can see that when you go to the store. Um, the gameplay modes that you play is team-based, and there's like a Carnage game, which is team-on-team -team, like Slayer kind of thing. Um, there's there's one game which I really enjoy, which is like a, a coin-based hoarding one. So it's who, which team gathers the most coins and stores them in their, in their base um, by the end of the game. Uh, and you can blow up each other's bases and stuff like that and steal each other's coins. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it can flip on a sixpence. It's really, really good. And the last mode is called, um, Gates of Fire, I think. And it's, you basically capture a flag and then you have to take it through eight or nine gates. And that's how you win a round. And it's right. best of three rounds, I okay. think. So it's, it's got a wide variety of game modes as well. Um, and, and for what it is at free to play at launch, there it's actually got so much going for it that if they just add things to it, this game could be such a contender. What also really makes it excellent is the microtransactions. They are in the game if you want to buy certain things, skins and stuff, but you can earn the currencies in game. Mm. Um, and you can get new skins because you've got a cool feature like dragon eggs. When you level up, you'll get occasionally get a dragon egg and then you can kind of like do tasks in the game, like certain kills and certain modes and stuff. And then that will hatch your dragon egg. And then that eventually turns into a new dragon, which is basically a new skin for a certain class. 
Yeah. Um, so there's different ways of doing it. And the, the microtransactions are not overbearing, which I don't know. They need to make money on this game. Um, but I want this game to do really, really well. If they add in more maps, because there's, there's, a, there's three or four maps in it at the moment. If they add in more maps, they look beautiful and, and great. But if they add in more of those, a few more game modes, it, it's it could do really well when this comes to console. I think they've they've done a, a made a great move by putting it on PC first, because when this comes to console, I think it'd be more of a complete package. And I think as it is now, it's worth money. Mm. So the fact that it's free to play is uh, is brilliant. But I think it de- it deserves a community because it plays that damn well. Yeah. Okay. Sounds yeah, good. Go go check out our video. It's a good video. Yeah. Go check it out. I do. Lovely. Yeah, and with and with that, I think we're on to Halo, aren't we? Yeah. Um what we're we talking about, multiplayer or campaign? Uh, I mean we've talked we've talked enough about multiplayer. It's it's all I've been playing this week, really. Okay. Um but I feel as it's out, we should probably talk campaign, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Well, I can I can lead us off on this one then, because I actually finished it last night. So um I'm is this a, is this because you've been shirking multiplayer, Kirk? Yes, yeah, because you've yeah. been yeah, not part of the ranked team. I don't want yes. to play. I don't want to play with my mates. I want to play on my own. All right. Yeah, you, you want to sit in a three dark players. room on your own. Yeah, you've messed yeah. up with. We've been ranked matches with just three of us, Kirk, and that's on you. And if okay. if it helps, Kirk, we've actually done a lot better. No, we, anyway, we killed it anyway, last night. We yeah, actually we killed did. it. <laughs> Con- congratulations. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, yeah, completed it last night, and it's. It's everything that I wanted it to be, personally. Now, just uh, full disclosure, there's going to be no spoilers in this, so if you're listening, don't worry, none of the story's going to be ruined for you. Mm. Um, but first and foremost, it looks wonderful to me. Um, it Now, I'm, I'm not going to say it looks like a full next-gen game, because it doesn't, but in terms of the scope of it and just how much is going on, this, the the distance you can see to uh, the there there are battles going on in the far distance that you can use your sniper rifle at ten times zoom to see in detail what is going on and you are literally like kilometers away and you can just run there and it's still going on it's not like something that's just you know it, 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 everything happens in the world and it's all kind of like happening in real time from what you can see um, obviously I've got the Series X and it runs at 4K 60 frames a second and it's solid like I didn't have any drops or anything like that it was fantastic Um, on that point by the way with the 4K I didn't realise quite how different it would be if I dropping it to the so my TV can do 120 frames if I want to but it drops it drops the resolution down to 1440p and my god it looks shit in comparison can I just um, say about the Series S as well? Yeah. I am so jealous about your Series X with this game. Because <laughs> I, I, it looks really good on the Series S, there's no doubt about it. But I play it on the 60 frames a second. Um, uh, the, the quality mode. The, the performance Oh, mode. performance. Oh, it's, uh, performance it's 60 on performance there, is it? Yes, it's 60 on performance and it's 30 frames oh, on no. quality. Um, and I put it on quality. And is that the right way around? Quality yes. and performance? Yeah, quality, yeah. quality and performance. I put it yeah. on quality because that's supposed to be the better graphics. I put it down. Honestly, with that 30 frames a second, and it, it I just couldn't, I couldn't play it. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I had to go <laughs> back to performance mode 60. And it performance mode 60, really good. But I'm jealous that you get 4K yeah. 
60. Honestly, um, like, yeah. I'm not trying to like dick wave or anything, but it really makes a huge difference. And the quality of the assets and all that, you can just tell everything's a lot sharper, a lot cleaner and all that. Um, so to that point, the gameplay feels solid. Like we, we've already played the multiplayer and we kind of know yeah. that, but they, it, 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 that transfers over to the campaign. Or, the, you know, they probably did it the other way. They did the campaign first and the multiplayer comes afterwards. But regardless, it feels great. Um, sound design of, of everything is just as you expect. I've played with headphones for the majority of me playing the game because I wanted to hear as much as I could, you know, like cranking it up in the ears and stuff. And tell you what, sniper rifles, fuck me, they bang. Like, the, I mean, I enjoyed it when we were in multiplayer and I was sniping, but you get, I guess, more chances to snipe the enemy in this game when, when you're in yes. the campaign mode. It's just, it's just, it's just great. Um, a story beat on it. Um, obviously, we do know that there is there is elements of the relationship between Master Chief and Cortana in this, mm. and you're, you're trying to find out what's happening with Cortana. So you 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 team up with uh, an AI called the Weapon, and it's quite an interesting relationship between them because obviously from previous Halo games, Cortana has led Chief. And like explain things to to him, like you know, if he yeah. doesn't know what's going on, she enlighten him and she and all that kind of stuff. It's actually Chief doing that to the weapon this time round, which is quite a role reversal. Mm. But Chief has very few words, but everything that he says generally hits, and you, you, he has all these kind of nuances with the way that he says things or his body motions when he's talking to someone or someone's talking to him that really grounds him as a human because we, we know that he's like you know he's a legend in in his own right in the game and outside of the game but he really does i don't know he comes across really human in this and mm-hmm. I, 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 for a story driven game it's the kind of shit you want to see so I mean, Ben, with how far you are into the campaign at the moment, where what what, what would you what, you got any points on that or? Yeah, I mean, I am. I think I'm right from what I've discussed with you, Kirk. I think I'm right at the end of the campaign. Yeah, I think I'm like hour or two left. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree to everything what you've said so far in terms of, uh, and even onto the the story and the Katana, uh, uh, Cortana stuff and. I love where it's going. I love the mixture of open world and underground missions. I think there's a great mixture between open world and then story beats. Yeah. And I I like the 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 story focused elements and I do think the story is really good. Yeah. I I I think I think it it's what I wanted out of the story and I I think it's hitting that. I a couple of I do think on the the, the map, the open world, I think this has to be kind of discussed. Um, I think it's like, the best way to describe this is like, you know Assassin's Creed games, the new mm-hmm. ones, and the Far Cry games. It's like that, just dialed back. Yeah, It's like that without so many things on the map. It's just, it's not overwhelming at all. It's just, there's always like, but there are like, oh, I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do that. And you can just waste time and have fun and do different things. I mean, really, all you've got with that is you've got the FOBs, don't you, which are worthwhile capturing because they they're, they're outposts for you to fast travel to, which is great. Yes. Um, if you're one side of the map and you need to go somewhere else for the story, you can just do that easily. Um, yep. They obviously have all your weapons and your um, vehicle unlocks that you've done, which you which you get with your valor that you achieve throughout uh, saving mm. other marines and stuff. Um, yep. And then you've got your Spartan cores. You've got your 
um, uh, armor boxes that you can pick up. But and then and then you've got those uh, random bases that you need to take down that the banished have got, which um, you don't need to do, but it's worthwhile doing. Yeah, um, I think I think there's enough variety. Yeah, but I think there's enough well, variety. Like, that, like you, yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, to your point on that, it's that's what makes it not overwhelming because they're just there isn't it's very structured with what they're saying. Okay, you you could do the story yes. if you want, but it's worthwhile doing all this other stuff because you're going to get some benefits from it, which will help you out further in your story if you want to but i mean for me for me overall i i don't i don't think it's really it is open world but it's not it's open world-esque that's that's like the best way i can describe it yeah it's it's sand but it's sandbox open world sections with the illusion of it being a full open world yeah like the Um, amount that you can do you can approach any situation you want However, you want. If you want to get a warthog and get a bunch of marines that have got rocket launchers on the back of it, you could do that. If you want to get into a scorpion, you could do that. Or you can just go on foot and like snipe from afar or something. You can approach any situation the way that you want to, and it makes your yes. own story. Then I, I do, I do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that element's very good. Um, I, I think that, and in, in this way, it's offering a different thing to all of the halos and. I think it needed that, and I think that's good, and it can play into that games as a service thing, and it's excellent. I, I just, I, I, I really liked how they they forced the two story and an open world stuff together. But it's important that the open world served a purpose, yeah. and what it does do is it allows you to level up your kind of um, upgrades. So like the grapple shot, which is the the main mm. thing in this in this game, um, and like all the other elements as well, you can upgrade them with the Spartan cores, and like you said, Kirk, you earn valor points from doing certain things, mm-hmm. which then allow you to unlock more guns and vehicles and and like recruits to help you uh, yeah. at your FOB like bases that you take over and stuff. So there is point. There's a point to doing. There's also a really good mechanic where um, they highlight um, almost enemies like uh, that are supercharged or like that have got a criminal rap sheet they're mini, from... mini boss battles aren't they basically. they are so like what one that got me like it was like they've got a grunt that's yeah. like this yeah. real hard ass grunt and he's like a boss and each one of these like um these like mini bosses if you defeat them you get that weapon available at your base yeah. so let's say you defeat defeat the sword boss you then can get a sword at any point right okay did um, you know did you notice as well that all the weapons are a variation of the standard weapon so yes yes they're like supercharged ones or whatever yeah. and you get like you get like homing rocket launchers and stuff like that it's yeah it's quite cool um did you you know uh, with the open world aspect of it i kind of feel like i don't know how to describe it but you know all those um uh, hexagon pillars that build that make up the, the yeah. world. Yeah, the yeah. the thing that I've obs- uh, that I've noticed the grapple shot is fucking fantastic to get around with. Honestly, I find myself using that more than I use vehicles in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, because it's just so much fun, like seeing what you can clip onto and seeing if you can le- like completely yeet yourself like you miles can get anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, you can climb but, mountains with that thing. Yeah, but because <laughs> of the way that those pillars are built, and there's obviously a lot of exposed pillars on the broken sections of Halo, uh, but they also go further inland and whatnot with certain ele- certain parts of the world that haven't been finished 
and, and whatnot. The grapple shot was basically designed, or at least the world was designed around the grapple shot. Oh, there'd be no need for the grapple shot, would there? No, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, to that to that end, the grapple shot is hugely game changing in single player. The amount of times that I've had to use it in a strategic and smart way to try and fuck up one of the uh, bosses and then run away to get like recover some health or something, and I wouldn't be able to do that if I just ran away. I have the, to. The main what what turns it the main way of killing any enemy for me was grapple shot melee. Yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic, especially when <laughs> it's electrocuting them. That's high preserved ammo, so yeah. ammo can be quite scarce when you've got your assault rifle and you don't think you're going to get any ammo for a while. Um, if if you're in a place without a boss or something, you're like, right, I need to, I'm going to take out these twenty enemies just by grapple shotting and melee. Let's let's not fantastic. forget let's not forget those um, canisters. I fucking love those canisters. I throw Brilliant. those yeah. like there's no tomorrow. Oh, is that the fusion yes. coil thing? Yeah. Oh yes, no, that's they, so much fun. Yeah, all the stuff that you see in the multiplayer, uh, Pete, that's like takes yeah. a back seat. It all becomes full. Yeah, on of course. In the, in the campaign, and, that, and that is, it's brilliant. And the campaign, as you've said, Pete, before is is a tutorial for mm. the multiplayer half yeah. the time. Yeah, um, it's, it's so much fun. Like it's just going into a base and you go like I usually just run in, see where people like enemies are, see what I've got, what my objective is. I'll die a few times and I go right now. I'm going to do it this way. I've just spotted there's a bunch of fusion coils over over there. I'm going to go grapple shot them to me and I'm going to throw the throw them over to those fuckers over there. And when you when you throw one so far and you get a like a huge like explosion yeah. and you've like taken out five or six enemies that were miles away from you, you're like fucking yes, come on. Yeah, can I? I can see that. Can I? Um, so my closing like good thing mm. about this game is that I I genuinely think and I'm getting the impression that uh, well this is a game as a service kind of game they're gonna add more DLC. And and it's gonna yep. this game is gonna evolve. And in five years' time, I I honestly believe, given the state it's in now, compared to what it could be in five years, this could be the game of our of this generation. It could yeah, be. I, I, it could be Skyrim that. for. I, I, I honestly round. I honestly think that. But I would like to move on to, a few negatives. I was actually going to say, I feel we've we've sort of rambled around the positives a lot there. Do you want to give us your negatives and then give us your overall? This is where it is. Yes. Yeah. Sound right. good? Yeah, yes, so people absolutely. can get something from this. Yeah, no. I think you know. so. So, you know, can I just say I, I love the game because I'm now going to go in. But <laughs> I love this game and my comments are born out of love. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Wow, that's okay. okay. But I'm just going to put the objective hat on for a second. Every single thing you do in this game is the same fucking thing. <laughs> Everything. Go hmm. somewhere, kill a lot of people, press a button it's dressed up in different ways mm. in every every setting and oh i'm actually killing this guy or i'm doing this thing you're going in there you're killing people you're pressing a button yeah okay. yes, that's fair the start of the game is boring as shit uh, you get through the first hour please yeah. just get through the uh, first hour like d- just to ignore it it's like old halos but the boring I start dis- it's, it's, it's like the boring there. start but but the other halos they start off and they're quite cool, like the base is under attack or something like that. Yeah. This isn't exciting until there's a set piece right at the end of the section, which is like it's seen a fire going on and you've got a, the music kicks in and that's really cool. Right. Like, and then it's seen, then it's like, but don't worry, this game's about to get good. 
So that was my opinion of that. Okay. That, okay. And I text you that and I said, Yes, you did. That was boring as shit. Yeah, you said you you text me that after I said I love the intro. Right. <laughs> because yeah, and the just, reason the reason I love the intro, I, I don't get me wrong, I can see where you're coming from and you're saying that I think that comes out of the fact that now that you've played the rest of the game and you're in the open world and stuff, it makes that seem, well, why didn't they just start with something a lot more grander on it? I think they did it personally because it does feel very old Halo-like. You're running through those corridors like... Um, uh, it's, it's a forerunner uh, architecture and stuff. I, I, I disagree, to. man, because... The, yeah, no, that's stuff, fair enough. I, I, the, I, but the stuff at would... the later game, when they're doing the same thing, yeah. is much better. Well, mm. I mean, it's... it's do you know what? I tell you one thing that I found, and it's it's not a it's not a detriment to the game, but the the mode that I'm playing it on, I don't know if I've told you before, but heroic. I found it really easy. Oh, you you went taking... lazy person's difficulty. Yeah, I'm you going went, mode for, you went I'm easy going through, mode. I'm going through legendary mode next, mate. So I completely of course it. you are. Um, anyway, the I found it really easy to take out a lot of the the grunts and the jackals and even a lot of the brutes. But then there are parts of it that are really difficult. Like when you get that to is bosses, the point. You are master chief. Yeah, I'm, mm. yeah, I'm aware of that. But normally you get swarmed when even when you've got like five or six grunts and you you can take one or two out, but then you need to dive back into cover before you can go back out but I was finding myself able to go around with a mangler just shooting them popping off headshots just going yeah fuck you fuck you fuck you and I'm done but I think um, I I get what you're saying and it's probably because you've become more accustomed to big open like what's the word like fancier intros on games that really hook you in from the off yeah it's not a game breaker no no, I know because you fucking love the game you've said already Um, but it's. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that I wasn't. I'm not keen on. It's not to the same level as yours. So I, I've got. I've got a lot more. Kurt, but no, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. I mean, personally, I'm not a fan of the Scorpion. I think it drives like shit. It doesn't drive the way it's supposed to. I mean, it's only a small thing, but it's. I actually really like the Scorpion. I, I think. It's great. I think it's dog shit. <laughs> okay, we're getting consistent things. Right. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's right. good. That's good. Uh. I. I also thought Kurt, that. I like the open world and the re- the breakup with the story being non-open world, like and it being like underground and mm. usually like mission-based underground. Yeah, it does appear like those two ideas were forced together, and that this was never designed to be this. Maybe that is no, that, that is a fair point. Uh, Pete, was that you? And at the end, then? it was. And yeah. at the end yeah. of the game. <laughs> And at the end of the game, I'd say it's almost blindingly obvious that this was never supposed to be like this. Right. I think when people play it, they'll they'll realise that. But do you reckon? Um, do you reckon? So I, I know that um, the lack of biomes is a is a big point of contention with a lot. Yeah, of people, I'm coming on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I was trying to segue for you, but don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to say though, it's I think that their design choices have been done for a reason and I think it's down to the point you made that because it, it's going to probably turn into a games game for us as a service at some point along the line yeah, uh, how they how they implement that going forward I, I literally have no idea but yeah. that's probably why because I reckon what they're probably going to end up doing is adding to the Halo uh, world that we can explore in because at the end of the day we are on a, on a, a, a full ring on there but Having 
story beats and DLC that takes us to different parts of the ring and that and we can choose to do basically Halo Infinite what we've got now is going to be I, what they do for D- DLC going forward I agree no I agree and so what's happened is this is a cut content game and it's not how it was designed and they've tried to get something out and what they've done is actually get something out which is very good but it's only half of what is going to be seen and I, I, yeah. I do agree I do agree with the um with the biome stuff so um, that that is one of my points. The environments are all the same. Yes. The uh, I, I would love them to do DLC with different environments. There's no changing weather conditions. They actually said in a in an interview that I read about six months ago or a year ago or something that there would be not different biomes, but there'll be different weather. That there isn't really any of that. Like, mm. no, it's it's the same thing. Like as soon as you've seen the first area, you've seen them all. And okay. That's that's fine because it's not the longest game in the world, but I hope that they add that in on the DLC. Yeah. Um, my, my next one is is the grapple shot. Okay, the grapple shot world. is fucking outstanding. Okay, okay, right, yeah, yeah, I'm back on board. Carry on. <laughs> but <laughs> it needs its own button. Like, yeah. okay, okay, I see what you mean. The yeah. fact, the fact that so what is really off putting is Pete. You get to upgrade all of your different things, like the grapple shot. You mm. can add shock to it, so it, like shocks enemies. It's amazing. Nice. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and can send like blasts out with it as well and stuff like that. It's really cool. You can get like the the wall, the drop wall, like oh, yeah, you get multiplayer, yep. all that kind of stuff. There's loads of different things you can get. Radar as well is another one, isn't it? And the radar, yeah, it's all brilliant. However, if you want to use one of the other ones, you have to press like right on the D pad. And then you have to remember which other part of the D-pad to use one of the other thing. It's the just cumbersome. Yeah, it's yeah. cumbersome would, and it's bullshit. I would so you say, just don't use them? I'm never going to use anything but grapple shot anyway. No, no, no but that's no, the whole need, there no, is, you'll, yeah. need, you'll need to. No, no, there is no tactical situation that can't be solved with a grapple you, shot. You, sometimes you, the drop wall is really good. And uh, <laughs> okay. uh, Pete, this is, this is mm. the other thing about the drop wall, right? That you, could shoot, you can upgrade it so that when you shoot through it, mm. it electrifies your bullets. Mm-hmm. Also, like, also, good. I would love to see you find an invisible elite without using the radar. Fucking yeah, I know you need the radar. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're just yeah. honestly in a past yes, when they've been camouflaged. You can, you can tell where they are camouflaged. You cannot fucking tell where fucking they are. Fucking invisible, this. aren't they? Yeah. So okay. yes, you use the radar to to find those. Um, but my point is the grapple shot. You want that all the time. Yes, I agree. And you actually, you actually stop upgrading the other items. Until you've got full shield upgraded and you've got full grapple shot upgraded, yeah, that mm-hmm. was like, me. like, okay. that, I think that's yeah. what everyone's doing because you don't because it hasn't got its own button. That's and you should be able to map buttons. Which yeah, anyway, right? Wait, the next the yeah. next point is that co op. I didn't think this would be a huge thing, but co op missing is an obvious omission. This game was so obviously designed to be co op that it's unreal. Um, and even at the bases, there are four stations yeah. for you to order in weapons, you and your three mates. Mm. Like, it's it's so obvious. Yeah. And this would be awesome to play with other people in the open world. It, you would have it, so it, much fun, honestly. Be, so this is so obviously a co-op game, and that's not available right now. That's fine. Like, okay, we knew that. The, the next thing is that there's no mission select. You have to replay the whole game to get to mission select. Now, I think this is tied into the co-op thing, that mm. actually it's really difficult for them to be able to select missions in an open world game yeah. and with co-op and stuff. So, again, I'm not having a go. I'm just saying it is a negative. Um, and this is my kind of 
big one. So this for me is a 15 to 20 hour game. Mm. Um, and the last third, especially it does feel too long. I do think some of the missions feel too long. I think the room to room, it's like adding enemies for adding enemies sake. I think it elongates it for no reason. And also you don't need to kill any of the enemies half the time. There's certain missions. Oh, it's dark. Like you can just you can just run. Yeah, you, you go pure dark souls. <laughs> yeah. There's certain missions where you just go. You start killing them, and you're like, "Why am I even wasting enemy, uh, ammo? This is just bullshit." Mm. I just run through the whole thing. You just go to the next door, yeah. run through, press the button, run through, and yeah. you d- and you realize very quickly, you don't have to play the game. Ben, also, so, you, don't, you don't have to run. You have a grapple shot. Yeah, that's what. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I'm but you've got to remember what D pad, what D pad selection <laughs> yeah. you've got to use first. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. That's when you can press the grapple shot. Um, so I do think there are obvious... Now, as I said, I've named a hell of a lot of negatives, more than I ever would you have, in an all-game. You have, so let's, but let's they're minor summarize things, aren't them. They? Then, I don't think they are minor things, but my my point with this, I, I do think they all need to be... F- well, not all of them can be, but I love this game. I thought the campaign was very good, or is I'm right at the end, is very good. I really enjoyed it. I've put so many hours into this game. I think the multiplayer is outstanding. I think as a whole, whole package, this game is phenomenal. And I do think in five years' time, this will be the game of the generation. I think this will be exactly it. I think this is a wonderful starting point for a game which is a game as a service and will will improve. I think this is one of the most polished. They they dialed it back to go, what can we deliver in a polished package mm. yeah, that people did. will be happy with and won't have loads of bugs and stuff? Yeah. And what they've delivered is something that does exactly that. And I salute them for that. And it's it's brilliant. There's a fuck ton they can improve and I cannot wait for that. Well, right. they, they will. Based on based on what they've been doing with the multiplayer already in the last few weeks for the beta that since it's been out, they, they're going to listen to all the feedback and they will do they they'll do what the majority are asking for, won't they? They're not going to be like, oh, okay, well, this is what we wanted to do. You deal with it. That no, they're yeah. they're adapted. I'm excited to, to see suit. where it goes. Um, but it's it's it is a good game. It's really good. Play it. There are some obvious omissions, but I'm hoping that they'll get there. Yeah. So fair. to conclude, because once again, you've done an awful lot of hyperbole without actually sort of saying it. Where are you putting this on the scale? Is it up there with games of the year for you? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. You. And Include with that, multiplayer and uh, and but yeah, mm. it's up there. Good. Absolutely. And yeah, with yeah. that, I think we're on to the feature. Okay, so it's on to the feature. And uh, and for this week we're going to be talking about some indie hidden gems. And I mean, as I think everyone here knows, Ben is a, a massive Switch fan and obviously he considers it the platform to play indie games on but the platform of choice yeah your, your platform of choice your platform of choice the platform of choice I, mean, yeah, I, thought, I thought PC was a firm favourite but yeah, no, 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 no but you'd be wrong there Kirk we'll, we'll the cycle choice, back to don't worry about that yeah. we'll cycle back to that one later but until that point I did think if we were going to talk about Switch indie games we were going to need an actual expert so we brought in Adam uh, from Switch Indie Fix yeah hello guys how's it going hello hello, hello. it's great good to have you with us good yeah. to have you with us thank you for joining us yeah, thanks for inviting me. It was a, a nice surprise, you guys reaching out, and uh, yeah, happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, well, I, think, yeah. I think I'm often outnumbered uh, talking about indie games on the Switch, so uh, it's good to have some firepower behind me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to be on the same side, hopefully, but we'll see how we go. Um, but anyway, 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 Adam, do you want to um, do you want to just give us a little introduction for those who haven't heard you before? 
Yes, so my name's Adam. Um, I go by Switch Indifix on Twitter and Instagram and social media. I used to run a website, surprisingly, called Switch Indifix. Um, it was a web- <laughs> website dedicated to indie games on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I ran it for about three years, um, had a podcast, had a YouTube channel, did Twitch streams, kind of was an all-round content creator for it. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed doing it, but then I actually got a job in, in gaming. So I kind of turned into more of a, like, um, you know, work after a while, uh, especially as the site got bigger (laughs) and cause I was doing gaming stuff for work, uh, I decided to kind of put the switch indie fix on the hiatus, but I still really enjoy podcasting. Still really love talking about indie games and the Nintendo switch. So yeah, that's why I was happy why you guys were so kind to reach out and, and invite me on the podcast. That's yeah, cool. Thanks for thanks for joining us. It's much appreciated. Exactly. We're we're very glad to have you here. And I think you were on a, another podcast not too long ago, weren't you? Gaming in the Wild. Yeah. So me and John go way, way, way back. Um, I mean, in terms of content creation, way back. He was mm. a a reviewer for Switch Indie Fix. Um, I think it was before he even started his podcast. So he he used to review the you know the kind of artsy, out there indie games um, that I I would get coming into the email. I always called them John games, and uh, yeah, John would always, <laughs> would pick them up and review them. An excellent writer, amazing guy, and I'm so happy that his his podcast has kind of taken off and it seems to be going really strong. And yeah, I was on I was on there probably well I think in the last couple of months I've been on twice. Never been on before yeah, and was yeah. was on twice in in a couple of months. Um, so yeah, it's it's really <laughs> nice just chatting to John, really cool guy, and uh, yeah, really I really like being on his podcast too. Cool. Excellent, yeah. Well, so for today, what we what we decided to do is obviously to look at a few of those we'd consider hidden gems. Um, and I know you've brought three, and I know Ben, you've got three here, um, mm-hmm. which we thought we'd run through. Because obviously, amongst our group, we do play quite a lot of indie games. Um, it's a shame Eddie isn't here because obviously he plays quite a few as well. But obviously, we, me and him, both tend to go towards the Dwarf Fortress, Rimworld kind of side of it. And it looks like we've got a very different selection here. So, Ben, do you want to start with one of yours and we'll move from there? Yeah, should we start with... Um, I picked uh, Far Lone Sales, uh, which is on the Switch. Uh, it's also on... The PC. Um, it was recently on sale on the Switch. So I I picked it up for about three pound fifty, mm. um, which I thought was an excellent price because I've been looking at it for a while and it was usually about fifteen quid something like that. But at that price, I I couldn't say no. Um, it's a really short kind of adventure uh, or experience of a game. It's about four hours long, maybe not even that. So that's why I think it's quite price sensitive. I know Pete that you're, you and Eddie are both very price sensitive to to games, and four hours is not something that you would really think about paying for. I don't think not unless um, it's on Game Pass. But yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, you know, I've made a I made a YouTube of this uh, YouTube video review of this game recently, but um, it's basically like a beautiful, highly interactive kind of management sim and almost bordering on like walking sim like you can't really go wrong with the game um where you start the game with like this unknown premise of you're just this character who seems to have to go from point a to point b you don't really know why you're not told why but you know what to do you kind of know that you have to get there um and you stumble across this kind of big boat which is like a ship kind of a some kind of vehicle and you work out a way to keep it running by doing different actions on this boat by 
keeping uh, keeping it powered up, keeping like letting the steam go out and all this and putting up the sails, that type of stuff. And it's it's just a little management sim which isn't overly taxing, but it's just it's just an experience game with wonderful different environments. The music kicks in at the right time. It's it, it it's just one to feel. And then at the end has a very kind of satisfying conclusion, which isn't isn't overbearing, doesn't mean an awful lot unless you think about it and you kind of make up your own narrative. But it's just a it's just a great little game. Yeah. If you can get it cheap. Yeah, this one I mean, it gives me journey vibes. Is that fair to say? Um like, in 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 how it makes you feel, mm. I think. I think, yeah, like you're kind of wondering as you play it, like you don't really know what the point is, but you're enjoying what the point is if it's got one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that even mean? I don't know because I don't know what the game is. <laughs> it's uh, Adam. Have you played this one? This uh, this is actually one on my on the list that I haven't played. Um, but we did actually no. There's one of two on here that I've not played. But the other one I know more about. This one I know, I know the least about. So I'm kind of embarrassed that uh, I don't know about it. But we did a uh, reviewer did review it on Switch Indie Fix. Um, uh, a guy called Lee Wayne, and uh, yeah, he really liked it as well. Um, I think it's like you said. It's kind of a a bit like a. A graphic novel, yeah, like walking yes. sim, where yeah. I think the the point of it is that you, you know, you kind of, it, it, like I say, you look, you're in this like derelict looking world, and it just seems to be your character and this huge machine, which you somehow have to like keep, not keep alive because it's a machine, but you know, keep keep running. But it is that, yeah, it is that, yeah. And it's kind of keeping it going exactly. And I think I think there's something about that. Like I don't know if uh, kind of already like taking it to a different game but I don't know if any of you played Sable recently um, I've got I, it downloaded I, I, I played it um, myself uh, I think I, I think I put about half an hour into it um, yeah you didn't was, like it did you Kirk wasn't wasn't the biggest fan what were you going to say <laughs> yeah I just I just think it's it, there's some similarity here because um, yeah it's the same thing in that game you also have like a, a hover bike that you kind of the, yeah. the game wants you to build a relationship with I don't think really it does it does it that well, but um, it's kind of that same thing. Like there's like a vast wilderness or vast wasteland that it's just you and this machine that are supposed to um, journey over together. And um, yeah, I, I I agree what you're saying. Like like well, I like Sable, but I think this this aspect of it was quite weak. But I've I've heard other people talk about the same for uh, Far Lone Sale that it, you kind of do have this kind of. You want this machine to keep working, even though it's just the machine, which I think is kind of kind of cool. I think that's a fair comment because you get kind of almost checkpoints in the game where you're you have to. It's, the puzzle is a strong way of determining what you have to do at these checkpoints, but you have to kind of do a puzzle, and that might add something to your ship type boat thing. Um, and and it is this about getting it through to the end of the game and what might happen to it along the way and stuff like that. So no, I know it's there only, is definitely building that up. I know it's only a short game, but puzzles are quite um, repetitive as well, aren't they? With, um, yes, that, yeah, they, very they are. With what they are and, and kind of just like you do, you do it once and you do it again. Kind of. Thing. I think, I think, I think you're right. The only way it works is because it's short. Yeah, um, and so they don't have to expand out of that kind of way of thinking um i think one of the crucial things about this game in particular is that they, there's a sequel coming out mm-hmm. so oh, nice. and the sequel looks lovely as well equally lovely mm-hmm. so um in I, thought, its well, I mean personally for me i thought this you know from a 
art direction. It looked great, and it's, it's quite grungy and dark, isn't it? There's not a lot of colour going on. I know you, your guy's like this little red. I'm assuming it's a guy's like a little, yeah. little red guy. And I also enjoyed like the the ships always in view when you're not in it and you're running away. And the, yeah. the 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 kind of camera pans right out, doesn't it? So you can, I think that kind of builds further on that connection between you and it. It's also very atmospheric with the weather and everything. Mm. Um, that it it does have that kind of it gets that immersion, yeah, because of the torrential rain and so that. And it is kind of like will will the vehicle survive? <laughs> um, Especially when it starts catching fire because of your the management sim element. You're like, oh shit, everything's on fire. <laughs> it's, no. It sort of reminds me as well. Like, if, did you ever guys see the the movie Waterworld from like the nineties? Where yeah, what a film. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. Like you're on this on that. I guess you're on water. This looks like you're more in like a desert world where your whole life around revolves around this boat or the ship. And like this, this kind of looks the same. It looks very like patchworky and like yeah, it might fall apart at any any time, but. I definitely get that kind of vibe from it, like post-apocalyptic like, world, you alone, kind of wanderer with your broken ass ship, like <laughs> very similar, just minus <laughs> minus yeah. the water. Yeah, oddly it makes yeah. it more, makes it sound more and more like a st- survival game of a kind, but you know, there's no real danger. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the that's thing. Just created the in safest the world, yeah. survival game there could be. But <laughs> yeah. I wanted to pause for one moment. Firstly, Ben, just to notice that you said ship th- type boat thing earlier. And I think yes. that's a fantastic yeah. description. Thank you for stringing yeah. those words together. I'm happy about it. Yes. But yeah, secondly... Yeah. I, I had equally equal problems when I was trying to do a review on it and I couldn't yeah. think of a word. Didn't, didn't you call it a beast boat or something? Yeah, anyway. anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, so really, yeah. the descriptions aren't painting a, an accurate picture for me here, but it's just a boat. But yeah, so... Anyway, the reason I got you to go first, Ben, and not Adam, our wonderful guest, is because I'm basically throwing you to the wolves here, because I've got two questions for you, which I'm going to ask about every game. <laughs> go look for forward it. to that. The first one, why should a random neutral, who's not that into indie games, pick up this one? Um, I think it's one of those experience games. Now, I had it years ago with What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch. Mm. One of those like small couple of hour experiences. Now, if you're into AAA games and you're not into indie games, this is an opportunity for you to step into the indie world without a massive time commitment. You can do this in one sitting. Fair. Um, and it just gives you something else to think about. That That's why. Okay. And the second question, favourite individual aspect of the game? Um, I do like the management sim aspect of it. Okay. I know it's not it's not overbearing, it's not overwhelming, but I do like it. Okay, fair enough, very reasonable. Perfect. So that was a uh, far loan sales, and I think uh, I think now it's fair time to move over to Adam. So do you want to present us with your with the first of your three? Um, yeah, I mean, is there a preference you guys have, or should should I just maybe start you, with my? You pick, mate. Honestly. All right. I'll. I'll go for the most obscure one on this list, and it's a game called Sir Eats A Lot. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so this game, it's been out for a while. It actually, interestingly, came out as a, a PlayStation Vita exclusive a few years ago, mm. um, back when like the, the Vita was kind of on its last legs. And I don't know if you guys know a, a group of uh, content creators called Kind of Funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you know Greg Miller, right? So he, he yeah. is very focused on the Vita and... There was kind of like this 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 movement that 
was like yeah you know Vita play before the Switch came out Vita plays by indie games so there was a there was a couple of indie developers that actually made games specifically for the Vita and the ones that kind of spring to mind is um, Severed by Drinkbox so the people that make Guacamelee um, mm-hmm. this game um, and another game called Reverie Sweet As Edition which is kind of like a spiritual successor to the Mother and Earthbound games mm, yes okay. but. I really like Sir Eats a lot because it's the most, uh, I guess, out there kind of game. I mean, Severed's pretty out there as well. But uh, yeah, so it's a game. It's kind of like a 2D, also a, a kind of like a, I guess you could call it a walking simulator with some interactivity um, about this, this overweight knight who lives in a in a, like a candy world. Um, and he's called Sir Eats a lot. And he is kind of sent on a quest to save the kingdom from this, this, this mage or wizard who wants to turn all of the lemonade in the kingdom sour? And like, it's just like a, <laughs> what a bastard. Yeah, it's, it's a noble yeah, ambition. It's, it's, exactly, and that's kind of why I like it and why I wanted to talk about it because it's a game probably not many people have heard of. Um, I played it first on on Vita, and then a few years afterwards, it came to the Switch. And again, like um, I, I actually can't believe that you, some of you, don't like short games because that's kind of like. My bread and butter is just playing short indie games, yeah. but again, it's 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 relatively short. Like it's probably two to four hours, depending how how you play it. Mm. Um, it's something totally different. It's from like a really small German developer. Um, it's just fun. Like the the game itself isn't like it's not game changing in any way. It's just kind of like a fun game uh, yeah. has really nice art very bright very colorful very kind of just like you know it's 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 just Do not like a depressing game to play it's just kind of nice to look at and um mm. yeah the developers they were very brave to put it on the vita i don't think he did that well there and that's why they brought it to the switch yeah. and um yeah so that's kind of why i think it's a hidden gem Do you, on, the, um, on the switch do you think the art style um kind of reminds you of like a Saturday morning cartoon from the 90s like akin the Smurfs it, or something like that it does yeah it's it's this kind of very rounded very kind of pastely yeah um colors and yeah like the kind of the night he just looks he looks silly and fun yeah. and um <laughs> I was thinking like Asterix like, and Obelix kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly definitely got a bit of Obelix about yeah him. exactly mm. um the, the one interesting thing about this game that I took this on the Switch is only playable in handheld. It's not. It's yeah. not docked. Oh, you can't. Because, you can't dock it. Yeah. No. So it's because it has touch controls. So um, <laughs> yeah. again, ah, yeah, this okay. is kind of like a a what's the word? You know, kind of left over from the from the Vita. They kind of like yeah, you know, if people develop for the Vita and develop well for it, people will buy it. So that's what they did and put in touch controls on on the screen. And a lot of it is. You're basically looking for items in the environment, um, and you just touch them, and he'll eat them. Or you, you find collectibles in the environment, mm. and um, yeah, that's why that's why it's it's not um, you can't dock it. But I think it's it's also one of those games because it's quite like stylized graphics and quite simplified. Like everything is very round. There's not really any shading. The lines are very very clean. Yeah, and it's really really colorful and the way that the art is presented is like you know you have like a foreground kind of a midground where your character walks from left to right and then like a background which is you know kind of just scenery like i'm looking at a picture now 
Um, there's like mountains that look like whipped cream. <laughs> it looks great on on the um, it looks great on on the switch light. Like um, especially if you have one of those really colourful switch lights, I think mm, it's yeah, it's, yeah like a yellow. It's one a really something. good looking game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've got the yellow one. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, am I right in thinking as well that you're um, to, to replenish health and stamina? You eat donuts, chicken, and meatballs like you pluck from the bushes. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of like growing on. I suppose they're like supposed to be plants, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking at one now. That's like it looks like it's like a jar with berries in it, and then yeah, and then there's like a full chicken. Excellent. That you eat, and um, no wonder he's fat. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of like the joke. He's he's meant to be this this the the best the biggest hero in the land or whatever. But is this just this chubby guy that likes eating sweets? So it's something I think most of us can relate. To. I, I I definitely can. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Do you reckon this game would be, like, it strikes me as something that would be an excellent entry for kids on the Switch? Like, it, it, think, it seems that art style, it's got touch controls, it seems like it could work for a younger audience. Or Yes, is- yes and no, because I remember the game itself being in indie in a sense that, um, though it looks good... I remember the actual gameplay being um, quite difficult, like the, the, the movement and the controls, like because I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it's just because they're a small indie studio, but I remember the, the actual night was really, really hard to move around. And there is some like platforming sections where it was, I remember it being really frustrating because I was like, why is this just not working? Because, you know, his jump would just be like a hop. And I'm like, okay, I need to hop that, onto is this. Is that because he's fat? But that's what I I don't know. Like maybe they get away with saying, "Oh, he's supposed to be because he's meant to be heavy." Yeah. But it didn't feel good. And like I said, there was there was definitely sections where I remember being really frustrated and being like, "Ah, oh, this is just so annoying." Like, um, it's you know I should just be able to jump from island to island to island and get across. But I keep I keep missing and keep like falling off. And yeah, okay. Sometimes when when that's part of the challenge, that's fine. But when it's actually um when you feel like it's the game's fault, it just gets a bit frustrating. So I think like, uh, yeah, it, it definitely has like a storybook look to it and feel and the, and humor as well. Like it's very child safe, I would say. But um, yeah, like I don't know if, if the mechanics and the, and the controls are child friendly. Cause, uh, can like I, say, quite... can I just interject as well, Ben, the, the mm-hmm. question about making it, is it like suitable for kids? Um, mm. I think we're trying to, get away from childhood obesity and this game would encourage yeah. them to eat shortly. That's probably true, actually. That's, <laughs> Guys, that's go true. play as this big hero. It's absolutely fine. Eat what you want. You're going to be fine. No. I'm, I'm not sure he's meant <laughs> or, to be a specific role model, to be fair. <laughs> maybe maybe not. scares scares kid in, kids into not overeating, you know? They're like, oh my God, this, this is, big fat guy. That is this a good be how I, move I, can't, from I won't be able to control myself. I won't, I won't be able, able, to, I won't be able uh, to move. Jump. I won't be able to hop. If I'm walking across the park and I see a chicken growing in there, hedge i definitely shouldn't eat it I mean, that's what he's teaching the kids so. to be that's fair that is a wise lesson to learn like if it you is. if yeah. there's a bush growing a roast chicken it's probably not edible um no it's probably uh, some old manky tesco uh, <laughs> someone's ro- probably chicken it, or whatever yeah, you call it thing, rotisserie chicken yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so to um to round back to it it is the the first question of mine of course is what would make mm. a neutral buy this game um and neutral, I, yeah, I think maybe the art, the art direction and the art style mm. is very unique, um, especially even in indie games. Like you see, 
Indies are known for having kind of new, uh, unique looks, um, but more and more indies tend to just fall into the same categories now with with their art. Mm. Uh, but this one definitely stands out for that. It stands out because um, it's different, and um, maybe someone a neutral is looking for something a bit different to play over than just their regular kind of games. Yeah, and yeah, and again. Like we said before, it's it's relatively short, so it's an, an experience that can be played in probably an afternoon. Yeah. Um, so if you're kind of like in between bigger games and you want something smaller to play, then this is definitely worth picking up. Okay. And of course, for the second question, what's your favourite individual aspect about it? Um, probably the art yeah. style. Like uh, I think it's like I say, it just it just looks totally different, and it just is a lot of fun. And um, actually, the 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 developer behind the stone is what they're called. I couldn't remember the name before, but yeah, they're called behind the stone. And if you follow them on Twitter, we, I actually did like an interview, um, like AMA with them on my Discord. Mm. Um, and yeah, they they kind of talked about like how they you know they, they kind of concepted the the night and the different phases that he had, and they put up some really cool concept out on the on their social media so um yeah i'm kind of uh, for me it's all get the thing that draws me most to a game is how it looks and this game as soon as i saw it i was like yeah i, I need to play it i mean so, from yeah. from the art direction side of things it definitely looks really really cool and like i said like a like a cartoon so it's kind of got that nostalgia kind of thing for me um okay but yeah that's cool okay thank you very much so i think we uh we go back to ben okay right um let's go with Tharsis. Mm-hmm. So Tharsis, um, it's on Switch, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. So it's on basically everything. Um, the story of this game, um, you're a group of astronauts on the first kind of manned mission to Mars. And you're tracking down this like signal that's on Mars, which we think is like extraterrestrial. Uh, then there's this massive meteor storm and it kind of fucks up the chip that you're on. And that's where the game starts. So it's like a turn-based strategy roguelike and it's done with dice and um, you kind of choose what areas to repair on the ship and then um, as the weeks progress, other things happen to your ship and other things fuck up and you have to choose what to fix on your ship but there's a a game of chance essentially is played when you uh, use the people on your ship to to do different aspects they've all got different kind of abilities or different uh things that make them special as astronauts and the game of chance as you go to repair these areas and it's there's all there's difficulty with the the like the dice rolls you have to make in each particular um kind of room of the ship mm-hmm. so it's a very simple kind of uh premise of how it's set up the actual ship is just blocked out into rooms that you just move between um but it's a game of like survival um and it really is uh, a roguelike of brutal brutal difficulty and you you have to choose a lot of the time between completing a uh, particular kind of survival of a room, repair of a room, or, or sacrificing it, or sacrificing some of your people who have um, kind of like insanity meters, kind of thing, yeah. uh, stress meters, um, and then you can even you can even cannibalize them and, and eat them if you're running out of food. Excellent. Um, so <laughs> yeah, now we're, now we're getting to my wheelhouse. We're near Rimworld again. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it's just a 
a cool, weird kind of game. When I saw it originally, I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? This is good. And as you progress through the weeks, there's a finite number of weeks you have to get through, basically like 10 weeks or something. Um, and the story progresses at each, like, at different milestones. So when you're kind of, when you fail and you try and do this again, you are just trying to get to that next bit of story segment to try and get to the end, and it just gets so damn difficult. I was going to say, it, can I just, from what I gathered with this one, I haven't played it personally, but from basically everywhere that I've seen reviews and and, and, and people speaking about it, Everybody says that this is just a really punishing game, and it's it's but the fun is the game having fun with you, not the other way yes. around. <laughs> it's part of the charm, honestly, mate. That is part of the charm. It's like it's got this mixture of making you feel, how the fuck am I ever going to do this, mm. and also the one more run, one more go, <laughs> because sometimes it goes in your favour, and then other times, like a week will pass, and then everything on your ship fucks up in one go, and you go. What the fuck? Like, why? Why? I've done everything perfectly, and you fucked me like solitaire. Like, you've made it impossible to win this round. Like, and and I I love that. I absolutely love it because there will be someone who knows and is better at planning it out and doing it who just has it worked out. And there is a difficulty scale on this game. You can put it on easy, and it's still fucking hard but, <laughs> but, but you can put um, it on easy do do you feel like it's like a fair like like you say like you, you feel like it fucks you over like is that because of the randomness of the dice rolls or like or like are the events triggered to the randomness of so the there's dice rolls like, there's, there's two things the, the events themselves are random and can fuck you and the dice rolls can fuck you so actually yeah. when you okay. talk about fairness no it's not fair but I also think <laughs> right. the game is trying to say like what it's the story it's telling space isn't fair mm. so it's mm. like it, it that may be hiding behind that but i do think there's this kind of you're kind of signing up for it in the game that when you do the game when you if you beat the game it's yes i've been very good but also i got lucky as well like it's a yeah. perfect storm of things coming together mm. which makes it have a lot of replayability because that randomness is is actually part of its charm i um i did mm-hmm. i did see that it's you've got to be quite strategic about it with what you're doing as well so say one of the modules has got something wrong with it if it's only like a minor issue apparently the modules can only have one thing wrong with them at a time so you might want to leave that and go and deal with bigger problems exactly so that exactly that like, as long as you're not going to lose that module then it, what you might as well just leave it as it is for the time being and then that's not fucking yourself further that's exactly right. It's it's it, because areas of your ship. So let's say I forget how many areas there are, but let's say there's like six areas of your ship, um, and they all have different benefits from doing having different like dice in stored in these in these areas. Um, but if one area has a minor fault, like it is strategic. Do I leave that one? Do I move one engineer from one to another to to help kind of progress one and sacrifice another area? It's it is very strategic, and it's also just strategic on whether you want to kill some of your crew, kill them off, and cannibalize them. <laughs> and you know, towards the end of the game, it's like, well, do I want a body to help fix things? Can or, I feed them? Or do I want? Are to they eat going crazy? <laughs> 
yeah, or do I need to eat them so that it takes down the stress level and, and increases the health because the health of your crew like suffers when they're stressed and when they haven't got any food. Oh, wait, so hold on. Eating just... a body is not stressful. Really? Yeah, can- yeah, no, cannibalism is good for no, stress. They get, yeah. they get highly stressed from eating their friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... It's, uh, yeah it's, it's actually surprisingly deep and strategic mm. for something which is just fixed in front of you mm. and... You, you're just choosing little actions to do. It's uh, it's really, really, and and I played this during the first lockdown in the UK, and it was one. It was like a breath of fresh air, like because it just takes your mind off everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, really, really good. Okay, and is I just had one more question. Mm-hmm. Is is the like uh, so like you know rug rug likes they tend to have like a run, so you you do like a run and then you want to do one more. Like, what is the what is the like the end game? Like, what is what are you trying to do? Is is it just like one thing? Like, keep your survive a certain amount of times, or yes. is it different goals that you can achieve? It's it's surviving the time that because it's it's got a certain number of weeks that you have to get through. It's like one week to go, kind of thing. And you start off at like week ten or something. So it's actually got a finite kind of run to it, and you're trying to un- uncover all the story as you kind of approach Mars. Um, but on your way to Mars, everything's going wrong. So it, it is. It's nice that a ro- it's a it's a visible timeline and it's finite on this roguelike, and it definitely has that one more run. Even if it's and it's got that roguelike feel of one more run, not to complete it, just to get further, just to can I get my new best score? As in, can I get as far as I've ever been? Kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely got that. Now, I suppose my only, before my two questions, my only thing I wanted to ask you is, do you not think it's a little bit ugly, though, considering what it's trying to be? Um, I don't know. I thought the graphical style was okay, actually. Um, And I do like in between the weeks when it gives a, uh, it's borderline cutscene. It's like a, Mm. it's like a crappy graphic novel novel (laughs) when it's trying to unveil some story, but it's voice acted, I think, and stuff. So... Um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the style. I I actually liked it. The simplicity of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I quite I quite liked it. But it's not to everyone's taste. Okay, it may just be the space nerd in me thinking if you're going to have something going between planets, you want to have at least the background look awesome. But yeah, that might just be it's, me. Yeah, it's quite static on that front. Yeah, yeah. and it's very sort yeah. of seventy esque. It made me think of Carmen San Diego. Um, <laughs> right. The initial actual images that came up. That sort of like that's the level I yeah. was looking at. But. Yes. To come back to the to the main questions, what would make a neutral buy this game then? I th- I think it's for pure escapism because I mm. think you have to be so on it in terms of um, how to how to strategize uh, your plan of attack and what to do. Mm. Um, so I think I think I think that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Also, have we got Ripley in the background there? <laughs> Uh, she's kicking about, but she's not doing anything, I don't think. Okay, okay. Could definitely hear pause a minute ago. Um, yeah. I think I think that was my dog. Ah, <laughs> nice. We've got two dogs on the show. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Awesome. Dogs, they're allowed to make noise. They definitely are. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's just when Hector gets a bit too rowdy that we, uh, we have to think about things. But anyway, yeah. for the second question there, Ben, favourite aspect? Um, I like the randomness and I like being mm. fucked over by a game I like being <laughs> fucked over by a game when I know it can fuck me yeah, over that's... what I don't like about a game when it fucks you over when it's just poorly designed or something like that like when something's unfair but it's supposed to be fair mm. but this is unfair and it basically lets you know it's unfair okay yeah. and I'm down with that it's and 
It's a twat, but it's a openly a twat. <laughs> the best kind. And, and right now, it's it's a very cheap twat. It's currently seventy five percent off on the the EU and UK um, e shops. So there we go. Nice. There you go. Down to at least in Europe, it's down to two ninety nine. So. Cheapest chips, Tharsis. That's yes. it's with a th at the start. Couldn't get a pint for that amount, could you? No. No, not where I live. No, <laughs> yeah, same for me. Same for me. Um, okay, so back over to you, Adam. Let's uh, let's move on to your second game. Yes. So the second one, uh, I guess I'll well talk about now is a game called uh, Cosmic Star Heroine. Mm. Oh, lovely. Um, which is yeah, it's a a game. I think I picked it up on sale one one January because um, you know after Christmas there's always like a massive sale on the eShop I mean I feel like there's always a massive sale on the eShop but <laughs> yes, there's yeah, always a, a, a particularly huge one after Christmas um, and I remember being in the mood for like a JRPG but not really wanting to play a JRPG if you know what I mean yes. yeah, yeah um, completely be- because they're just again they're just so long and as much as I'd, I'd love to be able to play like a 50 or 60 hour game I just, I just didn't have time so I uh, read some reviews about like the best indie JRPGs and um, yeah, Cosmic Star Heroine kept coming up. And it's kind of, I kind of ex- uh, described it as like a JRPG light in the sense that it, it looks like a 90s JRPG. Uh, the, the battle mechanics are very JRPG, but it's, um, and the stories as well, but it's really short. Like I think you can beat the game in about 12 hours. Nice. And um, yeah, it's like a really, a really cool game about. I'm um, um, just looking it up on the site <laughs> about a. It's basically about like a an espionage spy. Uh, like if you, I don't know if you've ever watched Archer, kind yeah. of like that, but yeah. like, yes. um, but actually professional, not 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 like Archer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you play as Alyssa Desalle. Uh, who I wrote is a blonde bombshell who is a top spy at the Agency of Peace and Integrity. And you, yeah, you play as, as uh, Alyssa and you find out that there is kind of like a conspiracy going on at the spy agency that kind of, it's, it starts off small. You feel like uh, you find that there's a mole and, and a double agent. And then the game kind of takes you across various different environments, various different worlds. It has that, like again, kind of like that Final Fantasy, yeah. um, kind of fantasy industry kind of theme to it. Um, mm. Really good writing, really nice, uh, like uh, pixel art. But like I said, it's it's kind of harkens back to 90s um, JRPGs like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and all of those classics back there. Um, but yeah, really cool story. Like I say, it turns it starts off small, but you you eventually start fighting like monsters and mechs and all of that kind of JRPG goodness. Um, the characters are really cool. Like that's always one thing that I think is very important in kind of any team based RPGs that you you, you like the characters. Mm. And um, yeah, I felt like the characters were really really cool. Um, and yeah, it's it's another one that I think people may have heard of, but maybe haven't actually dove into. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10 uh, for my review score, okay. which is quite high because yeah. it's not often that I g- give out such high scores. Um, and it was one of those games that I remember, y- you know, you could kind of pick it up on the Switch or on the Switch Lite, play like 20 minutes, put it down, come back a bit later, play another 20 minutes. And um, obviously for a Switch indie game, that's that's something that you want. You want a game that's just easy to pick up and play and then leave or play in short bursts because, you know, if you're playing on the way to work or you're playing on your lunch break or you're just playing in between doing stuff at home mm-hmm. um it's a nice game for that um because i 
like yeah, the the battle systems was it was quite simplified as well for a JRPG, and uh, yeah, that's kind of why I put it down as a, a hidden gem. Okay, I think when when you mention about um, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, like it only. It only, it's only right to then make those comparisons to Chrono Trigger, like every other review has. Mm. Um, exactly. So, yeah. I mean yeah. that. I mean when it's, it's like, is it like Chrono Trigger Light? Is that kind of a way? I've of got to be uh, honest with you. I've never played Chrono Trigger. I downloaded <laughs> it once on on my phone to play and uh, played about the first five minutes and got distracted. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think. Well, I, I think um, that's what a lot of reviews have kind of compared that I s- saw and. Any comparisons with that, with one of the the most, uh, one of the best kind of reviewed games of all time, <laughs> mm-hmm. it uh, can only be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, like it's it's an indie game, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like an well, I guess it does feel like an indie game, but it's like it even like I remember it even had like really nice kind of like still. Oh, that's a weird way to say it. But, you know, like, it had cut scenes, but the, there wasn't any animation in it. It was, like, still images that kind of were moved around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember, like, thinking, like, oh, this is really cool. Like, you don't you don't really see this kind of stuff in indie games. Or you didn't back then. Um, and, again, it's just really high-quality art and definitely added to the story. So, um, yeah, I said, like, if you're, if you're a JRPG noob or you're just someone who doesn't really have a lot of time to play, like, classical RPGs, then it's definitely worth picking up and, and like I say, you can probably beat it in a week if you play a little bit every day. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That that time, like 12 hours, I think, is a great time for like that type of game um, because you get like, if somebody wanted to, let's say, play Dragon Quest Eleven or something like that, like the the newer kind of JRPG, uh, JRPGs, you, you're looking at like 50 hours to 100 hours to something like that. It's just... That that puts people off even starting them. Mm. Um, exactly. Like that's kind of why it comes back to, like to this argument about short games against long games, or like not really short against long, but having a, a purpose for short games and a purpose for long games. Like the I'm playing the the new Pokemon game right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, Pokemon is the same. Every game is the same, and especially these remakes. They're just old games been remade, and. There's there's something that they've added to it, like that you get like shared XP, so you, yes. your your Pokemon um, level up quicker. But like, you know, there is just so much grind to those games, which is kind of a bit needless. It's just like you come up against a trainer that has higher level Pokemon than you. You usually get beat, and you're like, okay, now I need to go dra- uh, go grind for an hour yeah. because I need to be level fifty <laughs> to beat this person. And that's why I like like that's the thing I don't like about JRPGs in that respect it's like yeah okay there is a lot of randomness there's a lot of grinding there's a lot of just time that you spent yes making your character better for the sake of more game time where what I liked about this was it was a very clean just here is the story here is the battles the battles were hard but not like too hard if you know what I mean like it took a couple of goes but eventually you got there you learned what you needed to do um, apart from I think the last two boss battles were really really hard and it was kind of a bit of a shock how hard they were mm-hmm. but but yeah it's like a complete package like there's no fat it's like this is the game this is this is the, the mechanics this is the story here you go it's all done in one package and at the end you're done and it's you finished, I'm, which I like. I was going to say, yeah, sorry, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing as well, you can, to, to your uh, point there, Adam, you can make you can make it a lot harder for yourself if you wanted to, can't you? So there's four difficulty modes that 
that you can exactly, choose from, isn't yeah. there? So if you just wanted to do the whole, I want to run and done it like in between my life kind of thing, then you can do that. And then if you really, really enjoyed it and you want to really punish yourself, then you can stick it on um, the the hardest uh, setting, can't you? I think, yeah, exactly. I, oh, sorry. I, I, no, I was just about to say that I think people romanticize the grind. I think they do. Like, I think what you've said there is such a, it's such a good point about like, even if you look at Shimagane Tensei Five that's just come out, like you have to after the first like couple of hours when you fight the Hydra, you have to grind like fuck just to beat that. <laughs> and it's like mm. and people like sometimes you just want to play a game to play a game and enjoy the story, enjoy be challenged, but forget about all the, the stuff which is added in, just the fact that's on the game to make it longer. And yeah, I think I think that's a great way of looking at See, it. See, I think we're, we're crossing into a bridge of something else that we probably could have dedicated an entire feature to, which is this long versus short bit. Because I do agree on the respecting your time. Um, I was one of those people who put hundreds and hundreds of hours into things like Final Fantasy uh, growing up. So this one in particular did um, have a bit of a nostalgic trigger going on for me because it's such a reminder but I also do agree with you about you don't want fat on a game just for fat's sake. And really the dedication I have to long games is story generators. So it's, yeah. thing, it's things like Stellaris, it's things like RimWorld. Um, Valheim, to a degree, hit that this year uh, because you are just generating your own story throughout. Whereas the shorter games, and this one looks like that in a good way, it's a compact story, you power through it, and that's that. Um, and I suppose that is something we could definitely come back to in in a much longer discussion is which one we prefer and why. But I can understand what you're saying by the compact games being really good for what they do. Yeah, and I, I mean, the, the, the games you said are a bit, you know, like grand strategy games, mm-hmm. and I agree, like, they're, they're great because it's a sandbox and you can kind of do whatever you want and make up your... Like, I used to love playing Crusader Kings too. <laughs> I just play it for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Just, you Don't know, get Pete started on Crusader Ah, mate, I used to love it. <laughs> building, building a, de- uh, a dynasty up, mm. and then and then you kind of playing it for a, a campaign for X amount of hours, and then be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to start up now as this this small count of of I don't know Switzerland and see if I can become the Holy Roman Empire. Like, there's definitely definitely long games like in that sense yeah. are are great. But yeah, I think like you said about like there's there's like a nostalgia aspect to it, and I think there definitely is because I also as a kid like growing up like I used to spend hours playing um, like you know like Kotor and Skyrim and mm. and also like RPG games. But that's that's the difference now for me is like as a kid you had the time to spend to do all that grinding and you kind of I don't know you you wanted to get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. And nowadays I'm more like. Yeah, I appreciate like getting more for my money, like more time. But I'm, I'm more like, for me now, I'm, I'm like, I, I want to be have the most my, my time to be used most efficiently. And I'm like, okay, if if I can play a game like this, which I think I ended up, I think I got it on sale for like three pounds. Okay, so so we lost Adam for a minute there, but he is he is now back, um, and I suppose back, can finish yes. can finish the point in a in a way. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, my my point was is uh, like I said, I think I, I think there's a, a time and a place for both long games and short games. And for me, I prefer playing the short games because uh, all games that like yeah value your time as a player. Yeah. 
um, because as as we all get older and work and families and whatever, you have a, a lot less time to spend to gaming. So, yeah, I appreciate games that uh, kind of want to give you the best experience in the, the most compact amount of time as possible. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, and I think you've kind of answered my first question for sure there. Anyway, um, which when earlier, especially when you were saying like if you wanted to play a JRPG but you wanted to do one that is actually time efficient in that way. It's a great way to, to talk yeah. about Cosmic Star Heroin, isn't it? It is. And like I say, I, I think I, I picked it up like two years ago really cheaply. Um, so it's often on sale. Um, there's this game and the developer made another game called Cthulhu Saves Christmas. So if you're nice. looking for, it's also kind of a JRPG um, Lovecraft kind of mm. thing set around Christmas. So it's probably going to be on sale or if it's not already on sale on the Switch, um, but no, I, I, if if you do like JRPGs and you want you want something that you can play in about a week that, or in a weekend, depending on how much time you have, then definitely perfect. Get up, perfect. And if you had to pick out one individual aspect about it that you think stands out most, um, yeah, like I I think at the time it was the the story. Mm-hmm. Like I can't remember it that well now because I think I played it back in like 2019 but yeah. I remember at the time being kind of impressed that it had such a a good story and that the the the, the characters in it were so interesting mm. because again um, especially in my, I think indie games and especially in such a short time it's hard to get characters across the players um, that's again that's maybe why RPGs take so long because you have to build an arc um, and get players kind of really invested in these characters but I think it did that really well Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that, and it's a very good point, actually, is that getting attached to characters is so important in the narrative games, and it can take absolutely ages. So, yeah, fair point. Um, okay, Ben, we're coming back to you. Oh, final, final pick, final, final pick. Final showdown, well, yeah. I've, I've got really greedy with mine. <laughs> Cause, You've cause I've chosen three games. Oh, well, you have. Of course, cheated. you did. You're a greedy, yeah. greedy, greedy little goblin. You are. Aren't you? Yeah, greedy, greedy goose. Um, yeah, so I've chosen the Banner Saga, which is uh, mm. there's three games in this in this series, this trilogy. Um, they they are some of the the best kind of games that I've picked up on a whim, mm. and I uh, they I think this is available on everything. It was previous on on Game Pass as well, but I I've played them on the Switch. Um, it's made by a studio called Stoic Studio, um, and they were. It was formed by three former developers of Bioware. So okay. already there's wow. like a, a caliber behind it. But this game in particular, uh, you basically, it's a journey of a caravan of, of Vikings made up of humans and giants uh, across like Norwegian inspired mm. landscape, Nordic kind of um, law. Uh, you're fleeing the dredge. Um, who have returned and kind of like they're intent on killing all life, all humans, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're you're the leader of this caravan. Mm. You make decisions for good, for bad, just general decisions on uh, the, that impact food resources or or happiness in your in your caravan. Also, more life and death decisions as well. Uh, these decisions they're like massively impact the story, how it progresses individual character stories what they perceive of you and and all that kind of stuff and affect the ending of each game as well so in my mind it's like it's almost it had that same emotional impact as like mass effect s kind of choices and character development but it's in like this hand-drawn comic book style 
and then there's the term and then there's turn based combat as well so your your major kind of decision making stuff is all in this kind of hand drawn comic book style stuff and then besides that you get attacked and you've got to do this uh this turn based combat which which improves with every every game yeah um each individual game is about 10 hours long and the moment to moment in this in terms of storytelling it's just awesome like i i i loved it um and genuinely invested in the characters in the story you can like level up your characters as you go through and stuff like that it's it's got everything for something so simple mm. um do you think especially- you're invested in the characters because you are making decisions that affect the story and you can pick sides and stuff can't you or dig deeper into what you're what yes. you're doing yeah it the way the story is put together makes you care about some people more than others and you take these people into battle with you um so you choose who you want to bring into battle you choose who you want to level up you choose based on their traits and their different styles and that type of stuff so you actually gain like an emotional attachment through the story but also that you're using them in combat um I in the first game I I won't no spoilers but I made a decision which I didn't realize I was making at that particular moment in time which which caused something terrible to happen and made me want to not continue playing the games. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I was like I fucked this. I fucked it up. Yeah. Didn't want this to happen. This isn't the way I wanted it to land. Wrong way round. And I had to live with that. And also, my characters lived with that going into the next game. Mm. We were all in together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what's great about it. Like, I think it's it's an interesting game to talk about right now because you talked about uh, Farsis being like, like rock hard and just mm. taking the piss out of you. Yeah. yeah. And then Cosmic Star Heroine about, um, you know, creating ties to characters. And mm. I think Banner Saga is kind of in the middle of that. Like, it's a hard game where you you can there is like permadeath so if a character dies in battle they're gone for good mm. um and like you were saying like this it does such a great job of getting you emotionally tied to these characters where if something does go wrong you kind of do think okay should i restart this now because yeah. i i really like that character and i and they just died and it's kind of punishing in the way like that there are like ambushes and stuff and sometimes it really feels like the odds are against you in the battles where you like, kind of like you said with Farsis, where you're like looking at it like, okay, I've got three people. Uh, I've got to take on like eight dredge, two of which are these massive shield yes. bearer guys. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I, this, I've got no chance. And what's cool, I think is, is that there are cases like that where if you're clever and you play the game like, uh, like strategically, you can win. And there are cases where you'll just get absolutely snowballed but the, what I like is the game continues. Like there is no, there is no. I don't think there's a game over screen. It's kind of like you, you play until you finish the story, and your story, your story probably looks way different to how mine looked. And yes, stuff, yeah, um, yeah, which I really like as well. Yeah, I I love this type of game where it's exactly that. Like your story is your story. I that's why I like Walking Sims as well in general because, and I, even when you can make different outcomes, different endings and stuff like that, I love the. That was my story kind is, of outcome. Is this why you got into Catherine's full body, Ben? No. <laughs> no, that was... Oh, no, there are different endings to that. There's loads of different <laughs> yeah, endings. I remember <laughs> But I that. was fed up with that game by the end anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I love... Th- this game... This game hit because you can make a wrong 
turn and then you're like I fucked my trilogy ruined it (laughs) so yeah try try and do that later on in the third one as opposed to early in the first then I guess yep yeah 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 (laughs) definitely definitely do it in the first game no but I I highly highly recommend these games Um, as I said they were on Game Pass but I think it's the perfect Nintendo Switch title because of that turn-based combat of the you know it's one that you can look away from the screen because everything is slow everything is like turn-based in a way or even the decisions you make are turn-based or or like you know controlled flow yeah um but as as adam said it is that kind of thing like the odds are against you even when you're at your lowest air but when you're at your lowest air and you've got no food and everyone's fucked and then it'll throw a battle at you no (laughs) no yeah don't need this now i need one more week for that guy to recover Mm. (laughs) um but yeah it's uh it's a brilliant game brilliant 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 trilogy perfect and i think um between the two of you there you've kind of given again the answer to my first question um in terms of that decision making process is really what's going to get it to a neutral isn't it it's i think having to make hard choices Mm. also it's it's an indie game that genuinely the story's really really good and um, talk about emotional investment in a story Mm. that's the big selling point to me like that's what you get with this game okay and Favourite individual aspect? Same thing? Um, yes, it wasn't so much the combat for me, which is excellent. Mm. The turn-based combat, I think, is really, really good, and it does get better with each game. Um, but I, I do think the decision-making uh, and not knowing what the right answer is sometimes, and you just take a chance. <laughs> yeah. You just do what you feel is right, and often that is wrong. <laughs> yes, completely and utterly wrong. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like that, although it makes the min-maxer in me get a little bit uh, twitchy when we talk about that kind of decision-making, it must be said. Um, so I feel at that point we need to, to move on to the last. Um, Adam, your your third game. Yeah, so my third one is, um, I think I played that also like 2019 or 2020, last year. Mm. Yeah, last year. Um, and if Hades hadn't come out last year, I think I would have placed it as my, my top in switch indie game that i played mm, um and there was yeah there was a few good ones on the list last year so um yeah it's a game called under hero and when you first hear the title you think ah okay it's playing off the the undertale name which it kind of is mm. um it's a game about and and there's been a few games since that have kind of done this where you basically play as the bad guy yeah. And um, you accidentally then become the hero of the story. So you you play as this 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 minion of this evil, uh, like you know stereotypical Nintendo mm. like bad guy. Like he's he's he's, he's the, like made the out Stitch, of like, isn't he, or something like that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, trying, the, the Stitch King. I think is, is what he's called or something like that. Yeah, mm. and yeah, he's a guy that's like yeah, like I say, if you think of kind of like a traditional bad guy, he looks very similar to that, and I, I think it's done very purposefully that he's like that. Um, and you are basically a grunt <laughs> who is at the lowest of the lowest level of this of, the, of this guy's castle. 
you're kind of fodder for the hero to to kill yeah. um, and, you know, claim a few gold coins for as, as he does it. And, yeah, that's kind of your role in the game. And you start the game off playing as this, this hero who looks a lot like or reminds me a lot of, of Link. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, you're kind of playing through, going through the level, and then all of a sudden um, a chandelier falls on you and kills you. And <laughs> you then, the, the kind of screen kind of pivots into this, this grunt who is like, oh, shit that was supposed to happen and then there's like some funny very like again Undertale kind of um, conversation about oh my god you killed the hero like oh that wasn't supposed to happen he wasn't supposed to die here and all of this stuff and um, yeah you you kind of then go through with like dealing with that like what happens when when the the hero of the game dies and uh, yeah so then the story is is that you you this this Stitch guy Mr. Stitches is what he's called Mm. he um kind of gets jealous that you were the guy that killed the hero so he sends you on this quest to round up these again very Zelda like these three bosses um, and bring back I think it's kind of like this, if I remember their souls um, where you you have to then go off and he's basically sending you on like a death quest where it's like okay cool you accidentally killed the hero but I'm the big boss guy so you go and claim these souls or claim these whatever from these bosses and yeah he expects you to die but as you're leaving the castle, you kind of look over the hero's body and you find this, his magic sword. And his magic sword is called um, Elizabeth the Fifth. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth the Fourth. And yeah, she is a magic talking sword. Um, and she kind of convinces you, like, no, we we have to stop Mister Stitch. This was all supposed to happen. You were the real hero, and kind of like convinces you that actually you should turn on your boss and um, become the good guy. And yeah, that's kind of what the game is, is like then you go on this quest to take out these other bosses, you go back and then you fight Mr. Stitches himself and yeah, and it's it's a really cool like a really cool game. Like again, very indie pixel art, like I, I really love the art style, like it's again quite colourful. There's lots of purples, lots of like greens, lots of turquoises. Mm, it's um, really cool. So it looks really good. Yeah, the 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 dialogue is really funny. Like I said, it kind of plays on that 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 Undertale yeah. um, quirkiness, um, but it's not too like on the nose. If you know what I mean, like it's 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 enjoyable. It's not like oh, okay, I, I've heard these these kind of jokes a million times by now. This this has its own um, its own charm, and it has like a very interesting kind of form of combat. So it's like a, almost the kind of like almost like real time strategy okay so if you've ever played any of the old um uh paper mario games it's very similar to that so you have i think it's like three attacks and a block mm-hmm. um and you have to look at your enemies kind of animations to determine what you should do next so enemies have attack animations and i think it's like a high block and a low block and you have to work out which one you are supposed to do and if you block, you then kind of get like a, a counter, which you can then use your weapon on and, and it changes into like a, I think a light weapon, like a sword or a hammer. Mm. And different enemies require different different patterns. And I think there's even like a jump. Um, but it's like a really cool, really cool system, how it works. Like again, it's done in, in sort of real time. Yeah. Um, and you, you are, the timing is really important. Um, but it's, it's something that like, yeah, I've not seen since, the old old paper Mario's, and especially again, it's quite brave in an indie game to put this kind of thing in because yeah, it's very new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, for me, like I say, after Hades last year, it was my favorite indie game on the Switch. Um, it's just like a lot of fun. 
and um, yeah, it's one. It's a game when anyone asks me, okay, what should I play on my Switch? I always say play Under Hero. Fair. I love. I love the look of this game. Like it. It looks great. The story is bang on the type of thing that I like, and as you say, the humour. Well, it, it it plays off that Undertale thing, doesn't it? But uh, mm-hmm. it, it it seems great as well. Like it. I I also. I read that this was about ten hours long. Is that is that about yeah. right? Yeah, I'd say yeah. It's 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 a shorter game as well. Like, um, but again, it's again, like, perfect. kind of getting back to it. It's it's a game like you. I feel like you enjoy from start to finish. There's not really any any gristle in between or any fat. You're like, okay, I'm just playing through this, and it has some really great music and just re- like really again, kind of like Undertale. Like it just has very unexpected moments where, like, I remember there's one part where you you do a you're on like a a frozen lake. And then all of a sudden you're doing kind of like a, a rhythm game and dancing a like uh, an ice skating routine. <laughs> and the, the music in it is gorgeous and the scenery is gorgeous and it's just so random that it happens, but it just kind of feels like it fits, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the developers, I think they're called Paper Castle Games. Mm. And they're, yeah, they're currently working on a game called Wonder Stars, which also looks really really cool like it's it's kind of built on a um you know like the night like kind of late 80s dragon ball z looking anime Mm. like it's kind of that kind of style um with like a fighting game where you you somehow you build like your attack so you build it from words so you might have a word where it's like i don't know fire earth um water air so you choose fire and then the next the next menu gives you other words like like uh, punch, kick, headbutt, stomp, and then you choose headbutt. So then you build your your attack. So it, it's, it looks like it's going to be like a really cool um, kind of RPG again with a really unique battle mechanic. So it seems like these guys are really interested in doing something a little bit different with their games, which I, I kind of appreciate. Because nice. like I said yeah, before, cool. indie games seem to be kind of just getting clumped together in, in genres and, and these guys are doing something different which I like mm. do you not um, do you not feel that's partially because there's so many more indie games reaching mainstream that it always means there's going to be more in the same style do you know what I mean yeah I think it's it comes down to like um, yeah indie, indie developers size and budget yeah. especially with art style because pixel art is you know relatively mm-hmm. uh, accessible to a lot of a lot of people, a lot of artists. There's a lot, a lot of good, good pixel artists out there. Um, and yeah, and you want your game to sell well, right? So you want people to know what your game is usually by looking at it. So you kind of copy other games to do that. So mm. you'd be like, okay, well, well I want to make a Metroidvania. And you're like, well, maybe we should kind of copy some kind of look to Hollow Knight because everyone knows Hollow Knight as an indie game True. thing, mm. uh, as an indie game Metroidvania, right? Um, and this, I think, I think in some aspects, it's it's done that with the name, like the Underhero yeah. um, and Undertale. Yeah. But but everything else, I think, is just yeah, very unique. And um, I I don't know, like I don't know how well this game p- performed, like if it sold well. Like I I saw um, Jim Sterling was talking about it. Mm. Oh right. Um, like years and years ago when it first came to Steam, um, and that's kind of what put it on my radar. And um, but yeah, like I said, not many people know the game, so which is, I think is a you know kind of a bit worrying if if the game's been out such a long time on the Switch. Mm. Um, and I always talk about it that people I talk to don't still don't know the game, so maybe it hasn't done that well. So maybe they they should try and be less risky. But 
I always try and, you know, if a developer has been more is is doing something new and do it well, then I always try and support it. So yeah, I think I think it looks amazing personally. It's it's something I mean, I've even looked at see if I um can get it on the Xbox, which apparently I can. Um, oh, yeah, really? I think, I think ah, it's like cool. you can buy it for like ten pound for like a digital code. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, not direct from Microsoft, but um, no, I think I think it looks I think it looks really really good. And like you said, it's the. It's got that kind of 16-bit era kind of style to it, but they've they've done something quite. Well, it looks really modern at the same time. Mm. Like it does. It it's not a huge fallback to the the older style of, of pixel games. But um, uh, one one, yeah, one thing like, I wanted to ask uh, because I, I haven't um, played it is, uh, am I right in thinking there's like there's no map on it? Um, but you you. You kind of come across some signposted maps which have like a "you are here" thing, and then like a like a, a like a, a simply simply drawn map, like to show you where you kind of need to go. Uh, I, if I'm being honest, I can't remember. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's fine. It's, it sounds right. Like um, it sounds sounds like something that I think, I, maybe I remember. I think the main um, reason the main reason is because I know with certain games like. Um, I recent well, I say recently. It was like a year ago now. I I went through the um the the two Ori games. Uh, obviously, they're Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that I usually rely on when I'm playing any game, and I think this goes back to your time comment as well, is I like to know where I am on a map so that I don't mm-hmm. waste any time whatsoever. And I understand that this isn't a, a very long game anyway. But you know, it's just that that additional. Okay, I can check where I am if I'm going the right way. Great. If I'm not, okay, I can just backpedal quickly. Um, yeah, but no, that 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 was it really. It was just to just to kind of check in on on map functionality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now now I'm googling it. Yes, I do remember the. <laughs> you're right. There is there is uh, uh, like it looks like a bulletin board yes. or something with the map. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very very simple. And but I I think like I remember like usually cause usually I don't know. Usually, if I've had a bad experience with a map, I'll remember it. <laughs> So the fact that I I can't remember what the map was Couldn't like probably means then. it was fine yeah, or it was serviceable yeah. Yeah, yeah and like the the levels aren't that that big so I I remember like it's again it's kind of like very Zelda like you go to world one um, and everything is contained within that world then you go back to the uh, the hub world yeah. and then go to world two and then everything is kind of linear within that world with maybe a few secrets hidden around. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, since I don't remember the map, probably means I didn't have any issues. Right? That's cool. That, that's that's all I need to hear. So yeah. See, before I get to my two questions, I just want to raise a slight problem I've had with all of with all of these games we've listed here. Because when we said we were going to do a Switch indie hidden gems thing, I really thought I was going to get a chance to lay into you guys for your choices. But despite me having problems in small ways with each of these games. I can actually see what would draw you in on every single one of them. And it this kind of annoys beat. me. No, it's not for me, it's not. Because I thought I was going to get to be really brutal. And no. I can't see it. Because even under here, I looked at this and went, oh, here we go. This reminds me of something like, from the same year, Celeste. And Celeste mm-hmm. annoyed the hell out of me. And then I looked into the trope reversal of the storyline um, and saw a few examples of the dialogue in the writing. And I was like, ah, but... West of Loathing showed me that I really like these games. And yeah, like, yeah. West of Loathing's a good comparison as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's that bit of, damn it, even when there's weak points for it, because the 16-bit, it does annoy me. Um, 
mm. nowadays. But there's always something that makes it really good. Tharsis, I said to you, Ben, looks ugly, but that difficulty would keep me coming back constantly. And it yeah. goes for even Sarit's a lot. Even that one, I looked at the art style on that one and went, yeah, I can see why you'd want to get into this. And it, you've just ruined an opportunity for me to lay into some games <laughs> and the Switch. Uh, hey, hey, yeah. leave the Switch out of this. <laughs> what does Switch do yeah. to you? Like, so many, many things. Exactly. The Switch is, is an... In, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's prime as an indie machine is kind of coming to an end, especially like with the when the Steam Deck comes out. Mm. That might be kind of like the killer. And... Yeah, you know, Xbox with Game Pass is, is like also kind of taking some of that with indie games yeah. coming to it day one. Yeah. But I don't know, you know, between 2017 and 2020, the Switch was just the supreme ruler of indie games. Like it just had everything on it, everything was coming to mm. it. There was just, and, and uh, it kind of also why I, I kind of maybe lost a bit of interest in Switch Indie Fix was there, there hasn't really been that many indie games where I've been like really like, oh my God, I really want to play this on the switch because now i go to game pass and i'm like well i really want to play this game and it's free on here yeah. or, or included yeah, we in know game what you pass. Mean. <laughs> so why am i going to pay 20 quid to play it on the switch yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean to be fair adam that's exactly what i was like with hades i waited for it to come to game pass mm-hmm. and these guys absolutely adored it when it first came out because yeah. um, you paid it on pc didn't you pete and I did, switch, yeah. I switch did. for you ben and yep. they would sing its praises. Got to play this. Got to play this. And I'm not the kind of person that plays a roguelike. But when mm-hmm. I when it came to Game Pass earlier in the year, I was all over it. And I've I've put I've put in about forty fifty hours into the game. I'd say, and I was like, this this is yeah. incredible. So like like you just said, like the Xbox is kind of taking taking some of Switch's uh, kind of market share on the whole indie side of things. But I, I would say I'd also say that obviously the indie market is so saturated that it's probably going to be a while before anything really kind of takes proper hold. Yeah, I think the Steam Deck's going to be an interesting one when it comes out. Oh, definitely. But I don't, but I don't think it's going to... I honestly don't think there's going to be enough of them around to make a dent. Um, mm. The Switch may rely on idiots like me to still purchase uh, things when they're free on other yeah. platforms. But um, but I do think there's enough <laughs> enough people like me. Uh, I, I think we're verging on a different conversation here, though, guys, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think yeah, this is a topic we could talk about for another Ex- hour. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I reserve the right for us to do that another time. But I think um, for today, we've probably done an amazing job with those six. So just, just to recap, in case anyone skips to the end on a podcast, which seems ridiculous, we went through Far Loan Sales, Sarit's a Lot, Banner Saga, Cosmic Star Heroin, Tharsis, and we've ended with Underhero. Um and, but I think for now, we should probably, once again, thank Adam for joining us because you've been fantastic and yeah, you've got brilliant yeah. games. Definitely. Absolutely. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for having me. I'm really sorry about my internet. I, I don't know. Don't what worry. What don't worry. On, Honestly, we have enough uh, problems as it is. Don't yeah, worry it just about became it. one like, of the teams. Anyway. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. Um, but... <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like I said, I really love chatting, chatting video games, indie games. Mm. And uh, yeah, you're a good group. So it's, it was nice to come on and have a chat with you. Cheers, well, it's been a pleasure. But if um, if anyone wanted to suggest a few other indie games to us, Ben, how would they get hold of us? Uh, they can email us at podcast at grumpygamers.co.uk uh, or you can tweet us at grumpygamerspod. You can also check us out on YouTube, Grumpy Gamers Podcast. Yes, indeed. But for this week, it's GG. 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 GG.